Reach for the sky, boy. Hello, friends and fans of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. I hate to start a bit somber, uh, but obviously you guys know why I would be um, coming off like that. We have a show that unfortunately me and Chris have to do, uh, talking about the situation and the death of Jay Briscoe. That happened earlier this week when he was hit head-on by another car and died instantly. So we're going we're gonna to talk about some stuff. I'm sure we'll have some laughter and whatnot, but the wrestling world, for what all the negatives, there are some goods within it. I hate that it takes something like this to bring us all together, but, you know, we mourn. Definitely for a fallen, great wrestler, and from all accounts that I've witnessed, a great person, great father. Um, and with his two daughters still in the hospital, you know, we need to celebrate his life and try to create some good energy and uh, give that to them, basically, because that family's still not... Uh, done but uh yeah i didn't know how i was gonna start out the show and just automatically this is kind of the place i'm at so sorry that i don't have the energy that i normally do but i think that you guys can understand that but like i said we're gonna we'll talk about a bunch of stuff but this is gonna be the main uh main thing of news but uh I've, i'm joined by chris that took me forever <laughs> uh but how are you doing Broski. Oh, dude, it's been a rough fucking week. Um, I was just in complete and utter shock. I think you were the first person I messaged as soon as I saw the news, which was seemed very quickly. I had seen like some wrestling outlets reporting it, and then Tony Khan kind of confirmed it directly after, and just shocked, really. Um, any kind, anytime there's like a loss like this, that's just so unexpected and out of the blue, you know, it hits everyone kind of hard. I really feel for, you know, the family and friends and and fans of Jay Briscoe all around the world. We, we lost a a phenomenal fucking wrestler, but more importantly, someone who was very important to their community and seemingly just a great overall person. Um, this is going to be a tough episode to get through. I'll, I'm going to try to hold my shit together, but as a fan of the Briscoes going back, God, since I was in high school, so 2005, we were talking a little bit about it before the show, um, just stacks and stacks of Ring of Honor DVDs from back in the day and just how long I've been following this guy. It's like almost like losing a friend that wasn't really your friend. Um, <laughs> so it's been... Uh, Tough week. I mean, I've tried to keep up with wrestling. So if we get into some of the modern stuff, uh, I will see how much I recall from this week. But it's it's mostly just been dedicated to 
watching the Briscoes and Jay Briscoes matches for me. I do want to say there is, I believe that there's still a fundraiser out there for Briscoe and the Pew family um, on Give, what is it, Give, Send, Go. So if you go there and search Briscoes, it will pop up. Uh, the outcrying of support from the wrestling community, both fans and uh, workers alike, has been phenomenal from even people like Triple H down to you know lower card wrestlers like cheeseburger just seeing all of these people come out and and tweet about how great this guy was to work with and how he tried to give you the best uh for the fans and for whoever he was working in the ring has been just yeah crazy and i'm still sending good thoughts and um prayers to his two daughters who are still in the hospital it's just a very tragic situation man and normally when we have these shows and we have to talk about the passing of someone um it's either of older age or, or or heart attack or um you know drug addiction um over the years this has been the first one at least since we've been doing this show where it's someone that kind of, like very very unexpected out of nowhere so i think it hit me a little bit harder than um like even something like dusty Rhodes, who's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time just because of when it happened how it happened of uh, the time period, not not that any death is a comparison, but um, yeah, this one shook me a little bit, and I just want to send, like I said, uh, my best wishes and good vibes to friends, family, even fans uh, all around the world to uh, of of Briscoe. And sorry if I'm just rambling and not making sense, but that's kind of just uh, much like you, very somber and in, uh, in my own head about this. No, man, I think that was really well stated. Um, I think we're all like that at this point because, you know, death in general just makes you question stuff. And when it's like something like you said, like this random, like, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do um, there. I guess I can kind of compare it. There's this great Superman comic where his father dies and it's of a random you know, I think it's a heart attack or something like that. And the most powerful person, it kills him because he can't do anything about it. There's nothing. And when it comes to, I guess, with this situation with Jay, him getting a car wreck, someone hitting him, that's it. It's You just question, I guess. And I don't know. I, I think I, I really appreciate the wrestling community for the most part within all this. I think they have really been brought together uh 2023 was really going to be a good year for the briscoes uh 2022 was a really good year with one of the best trilogy of matches i've ever seen um you know we reflected that the one i think me and you both agreed that this was the best trilogy uh since omega and okada and probably especially for tag matches you know, even better because of the fact that they were a series of tag matches. You know, you don't normally get to see that that much anymore. Uh, were you going to say something, Seth? Yeah, I, I just was going to, you know, drive home the fact that our very last episode, we're putting over both the Priscos and FTR and our top tags and uh, gave them match of the year which we yep. haven't had a tag match be match of the year through the entirety. We've been doing this podcast almost five years now. Yep. Um, which speaks to the quality of work that they were having 
right now at this moment, you know, and, and just winning the ring of honor titles and in the thought of Tony Khan, like relaunching this brand, um, whether it be on a streaming platform or some other network, which was clearly going to be built around the Briscoes um, as the glue that is continuously held ring of honor together through multiple iterations of ring of honor, whether it was, the early Gabe Sapolsky, Kerry Silken days to Sinclair Broadcasting to Tony Khan. They were the constant. Yep. Um, you know, I, I've heard people talk about like, you know, the, the old promo for the Briscoes was day one, which the Usos kind of ran with with day one ish, which is kind of funny, like a take on day one, because obviously they weren't day one at WWE. But like they really were. You know, they they were there at the very beginning until uh, what we have now. And it's just going to be, it's going to be crazy. Uh, I heard someone kind of, I can't remember if it was Brian Last or someone was referencing in, in relation to sports where you see a player who spent their entire career with one team, like a uh, Chipper Jones. Or for me with the New Jersey Devils, like Ken Danko, who's known as Mr. Devil, um, or, you know, Scott Stevens or Patrick Elias, where it's really great as a fan of someone or a fan of a company to see, even if you wanted to see them go on and do bigger things somewhere else with, with the Briscoes specifically, um, there is something special about someone that just dedicated their entire career to one company. Uh, and for a long time, that was Sting up until the very end of WCW, you know, a person that had chances to go other places. Uh, so it's, very rare, you know, to see, I guess, Taker would be another example of someone that kind of just stuck with one company. Well, I mean, it, Undertaker, as we know Undertaker, I should say, but uh, it kind of adds to the legacy of the Briscoes and um, yeah, just holy shit, you, it's crazy. You remember when we were talking, uh, this is a long time ago, and we kind of said that specifically the heart of those companies, and we we said obviously Taker with WWE, Sting with WCW. Um, you could say Tommy Dreamer with ECW. I you you would I would say Jay and Mark Briscoe have to be that equivalent for Ring of Honor. Easily, I mean, some of the biggest matches and some of the best matches go through the Briscoes, and they were there throughout everything from the beginning with CM Punk, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles up until later with lethal and <laughs> more of these, you know, bandito and um, it's the, the longevity of their career and the amount of other tag teams who went on to do great things and other wrestlers that went on to do great things in other places uh, is absolutely, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, you're talking about tag teams like G.O.D. having matches with them or uh, the box, Motor City Machine Guns, um, they, uh, Steen, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. Sorry, I'm on the Steen kick because I've been watching a lot of that time period. But uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn is more known, but uh, originally Steen and, and, you know, El Generico. Um just the list goes on and on and on like the early days to that guy ring of honor at our best in 2007 briscoe versus samoa joe like when you think about the wolves uh fucking shelton benjamin and charlie haas there's a lot of great tag teams then and briscoe's were probably arguably the best one out of all of them yeah i mean i think at this point we can easily say if you look at the entirety of 
the matches they had over the past 20 years, the Briscoes could be considered, if not the best tag team over the past 20 years, at least the the most consistently good, yeah. <laughs> depending on how you rate what best is. Um, and I mean, I think easily in our rankings, I don't know if we had them flip-flopped. We had FTR in the Briscoes, and I'm pretty sure it it's going to stay that way even with the passing of Jay for a long uh, time if, if, when we start doing, you know, best tag team of the decade um, kind of talk and, and, and things like that. It was great to see so many wrestlers outpouring with, with Jay bands on. Um, I know AEW was limited in what they could do, and, and we can get into that later. I don't want to start the show with uh, me fucking burying <laughs> a network, but we'll, we'll get there. But, um, you know, WWE immediately announcing it on NXT Live. Um, talking about the, the loss of Jay Briscoe. And, Not only uh, that, did you hear about how they changed the ending of the uh, the the show? I did not. What did they end up doing? So they had to make a decision, and Kofi and uh, Xavier brought it up, and Deb and Sean just immediately were like, yeah, we can't do an angle, because they were going to do some type of angle where they, I, I, I want to say Pretty Deadly was going to talk about uh, they're going to give a funeral for um, New Day's career because it's like time to like go. And they're like, we can't do that. That's too inappropriate. So they just called it on the fly and changed it. And, uh, you know, they're the ones who kind of made the announcement to the wrestling world on NXT. And just, just they, they I, I just want to thank, because I know it's Hunter. But then again, I guess, well, Luke Harper was in the WWE, but they, they handled the Brody thing really well, too for not being a part of their company, but just last night, the, the wristbands, like you said, and then making the announcement, Sean and triple H, and then them ending NXT differently, just to not, you know, they didn't have to do that. The, the Briscoes had, had nothing to do with WWE. So, right. They had like one tryout and then, uh, it, it the tw- the uh, the tweet that kind of loomed over the heads of the Briscoes forever, and also people thinking that the look wouldn't work in WWE. Um, that they never quite got there. Which I'm, you know, in retrospect, I'm thankful they never went to WWE. Not as much thankful that they didn't have a bigger part in AEW, but um, with WWE specifically, like even today, if if Jay was still alive, I don't know that I would want them going to WWE. I just don't know what that would look like. And it would, yeah. we've seen other tag teams such as Dax and Cash, for instance, um, or American Alpha, or um, I'm trying to think of another one. Right DIY. On. DIY, like tag teams that should be good and they just fucking die kind of in for lack of better terms just fizzle out or go away completely good brothers for instance they start the start of the downfall of that tag team there's just it's almost a blessing not that the money i'm sure would have been great (laughs) but it is kind of like a in a weird way good that the briscoes never ended up in wwe the AEW side of things though is a little um, more fucked up because I think they could have been a huge part of that show, specifically building around the Bucks and FTR, and um, they could have done what the original plan for AEW was, which is to revitalize the tag team division, which I don't think really happened uh, until we got FTR versus the Briscoes, and 
it's uh it's crazy i was hearing people talk about how they had never seen a briscoe's match and then you had to think about the fact that unless you were like a diehard person who went out and thought after honor it it might not have always been readily available for you so there's a lot of people's first introduction to the briscoe's was the ftr trilogy which is crazy because like when i was talking about it knowing the briscoe's for so long i was like holy shit dude the briscoe's launched ftr into a new stratosphere because it, it kind of was a passing of the torch of making ftr the best uh in the mm-hmm. world <laughs> a little bit in in my in my opinion yep. um no no dax pretty much said the same thing <laughs> and it's it's just crazy to think about hearing other people being like, well, I became a fan of the Briscoes and I had to go watch a lot of their stuff because of the match with FTR. So it's like they both gave each other a rub in different ways. It's easy to forget that the Briscoes have been wrestling for 20 years. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds like um, it also made me feel old as fuck to be, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's understandable. Um, but yeah, Jay just, that tough guy, I don't know. Mark's Mark's more fun. He's he's kind of like a little bit more Terry, if you will, or or Piper. Really, just over dramatic with with stuff, making weird hoots and hollers and shit. But Jay was kind of scary. But from what every fan I've heard, or you know, that was talking about it on a podcast that just met him at a convention, uh, to the actual wrestlers, to anyone. You know, he was just down to earth, extremely nice. If you asked him, you know, if he could do like a short interview or something like that, he would like put more time than needed. Uh, and just big pillars, like we said, in their community. Um, they canceled school the next day and uh, it was kind of a day of mourning because not only the the chicken farm itself that they really do work for and their family does all working on that farm, uh, but also just the fact that Jake is back to his community so much. And, uh, you know, it just, those guys are fucking awesome. He is the, 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 the tough guy of his era. You know, he, no, he didn't get the WWE. He could have been probably a great wrestler, but, you know, kind of going back to Terry Funk very much of that crazy ass fucking outlaw that kind of is a heel and then goes the anti-hero line. Then people just fucking love him. You know, Piper had that in, in elements. Austin obviously did. Uh, in modern day, you got Moxley and KO. Uh, Jay was that fucking dude because I didn't even know when I stopped watching wrestling, Ring of Honor was rising. So I saw them right at the beginning and then shoot to me starting watching wrestling in 2015. I had to go back like a lot of people, mostly machine guns and which sucks because I wish I experienced that, uh, live, but he just looked like he would fuck you up pretty badly (laughs) if you met him. And said the wrong thing. I mean, the Briscoes were really to pro wrestling in Ring of Honor what the Diaz brothers were to UFC uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's that is a great comparison. I never thought about it that way, but definitely a great comparison. And I mean, holy shit, dude, the Briscoes, as far as like overall as a tag team, full gimmick and in ring ability and believability it's hard to not put them as like the best tag team at least of of i don't know if if, of my time watching wrestling especially very heavily um from let's say 05 until now even though i was a fan before then but 
like total package as wrestlers i I would say and this isn't a shot at the young bucks or uh anyone else as far as their quality of matches and stuff the the next complete package i've really seen as far as like being that good in the ring and also having a gimmick and personality would be the usos um so it's funny that day one and day one ish kind of one and two in my book and and they both made my top tag teams for the past like what five years so not not crazy there but yeah when you think about like total packages and tag wrestling i don't know the briscoes were very special and were able to go on and do crazy singles runs like jay briscoe's winning the title from kevin owens was definitely one of my favorite matches there for a long time like his family coming and celebrating in the ring with him after he beats kevin owens which i think kevin talked about uh which was like the best way to go out of ring of honor for him before he headed into nxt um and dude, it's kind of like I love it because it's like red he- redneck uh, redneck um, what you call it uh, Bret Hart winning the WWE <laughs> title. That's what that because I watched the match and I'm like, this is so similar. But I just love that this family is just like Father Briscoe, Papa Briscoe, I should say, is such an awesome fucking you know. Because like the one thing a lot of people won't realize, but look at their original attire. You know, these guys were actually they they love pro wrestling. They studied pro wrestling on television. And also did collegiate wrestling in high school, just like their father did. And then their father actually helped train them from them watching on television and trying to break it down. They were so good that naturally that they got trained just watching television, but still still had stuff that was a little bit more modern. And they, they could go the pace of those matches. That's another thing. Briscoes could fucking work with anyone. Any style, no problem. And they still were their style, which was much more old school base but a little bit faster so i don't know just i don't know where i was going with that uh you can shut me up now chris i don't i mean it's just continuing to put over the briscoes which is pretty much what the show is going to be for the most part but you're right they they could work any style it is crazy that they were kind of self-taught backyard wrestlers but open to actually learning how it should be done um, which I, is why I think they don't get a lot of criticism for the fact that they kind of started in the backyard versus uh, various other wrestlers over time that have been. Like, I think Jim Cornette talked about it on his podcast of like the fact that they were always open ears and, and trying to work and learn and adapt. And if you watch like a very early Briscoe's match versus kind of what they did with FTR, it's like they shifted. You know, they still did their spots and got their shit in, but the way they approached matches was completely different. And this comes with time and experience. And that's why they're one of the fucking best, probably one of the best of all time. I mean, I think eventually today's not the day to do it, but me and you should sit down and, and I think we've done it before, but try to come up with a list of best tag teams of all time. And, and speaking of which, like when you're talking about the, um, styles and how they could adapt the match they had with the fucking rock and roll express at the nwa Cup, where they put express over insane like the fact that rock and roll express could have that good of a match at their age but you have to look at the other side of the ring and just be like the fucking briscoes are just that goddamn good you know like it's it's crazy to think about yeah for for all the rick flares if you will there's got to be a Shawn michaels that guides you through that last big match and of course, Rock and Roll Express have done stuff other than that. But I think that, and I've seen them live. I saw them tag with Tanahashi. It was fucking awesome. Uh, but, you know, that was a really fucking good match for 
especially, you know, Robert doesn't lie about it. He's getting older. They're both getting older, Ricky and him. And Ricky can do a lot more stuff in the ring, but that match, and I went back and watched it, um, excellent fucking match, man. Uh, they, Briscoes are just such a good tag team. Um, and yeah, Jay, I mean, outside uh, of the Briscoes, as far as like last good tag matches I've seen Rock and Roll Express, and they've kind of been on a tour, um, I would say the Bucks. Yep. That's the thing. It's like you were saying, the only tag team, and I think that that's, that's why uh, another classy thing was that Jimmy and Jay immediately, like they were one of the first tweets I saw, because I know from interviews that they both wanted to go against each other. Usos. There's there's four tag teams that are brothers. They're so different, and they're probably four of the best tag teams. I guess one of them was the Briscoes, but the Young Bucks, the Briscoes, G.O.D., and the Usos. Um, and Usos, and like you like you said, I think that it's it's at the top. It, it was Usos and the Briscoes. I keep on realizing stuff, and then it takes me back. So I apologize, everyone. I know I shouldn't even apologize. I think everyone is like this, including Chris. It just when you're processing and you're like best tag teams on the planet. And then you realize you're talking about post Jay dying. It's just kind of like a slap almost. Yeah. Well, I did, uh, like I said, I've watched a fuck ton of Briscoe's matches and I've listed out some of my favorites. <laughs> That's a good idea. This is definitely uh, a good idea. So one of them is more recent, uh, which is, well, actually there's two. Uh, there is the Briscoes versus the Bucks at Best in the World 2018, and the Briscoes versus the Bucks at Ring of Honor Final Battle 2016. Uh, I was so hyped when they f- lost to FTR that first match, and the Briscoes did it, or the uh, Bucks did a run in, and I think we talked about it directly. It was that first Ring of Honor pay per view back because I remembered these two matches between these guys, and I was like. Oh my God, if they're going to come into AEW and do a feud with, which obviously didn't happen for various reasons, but if they were going to come in and feud with the Bucks, the series of matches we would have gotten would have been just as good as the FTR stuff. Different, but just as good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so hyped for it. And those are two matches that if you haven't seen, definitely should go back to. I know they're more recent, um, and I have some older stuff as well for the Briscoes, but. Uh, let's just, let's just say that they do show up there in after that first ring of honor pay-per-view. How do you think that would have changed AEW? Do you think that would have, especially with Kenny being out instead of doing the trios championship, do you just get this crazy run with FTR Briscoes and, and the bucks? Cause that's what I was hoping for at the time yeah. <laughs> after that pay-per-view. Yeah, I I think that I think that's definitely the direction that they were gonna go in. I think that's probably the first time that Tony got stopped um, by TBS or TNT or Warner Media, whichever. It's all a bunch of corporations that build up. Um, but yeah, that should have been a great. That should have been like the new uh, Hardy's Edge and Christian Dudley's situation, or back in the day when it was you know, Legion of Doom and and uh, whoever uh, the other two big tag teams were at that time. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking, but uh, like I said, I'm 
I'm kind of frazzled for words. I'm trying to chug a little bit of alcohol to get me uh, going in a positive direction. So I'll keep on drinking my seltzer. But yeah, that would have been to me the way to go would be Briscoe's FTR and Young Bucks having fucking awesome matches and interacting specifically with each other. Cause you don't need the titles necessarily about that. It can eventually become about the titles at the end of the story, you know, but they just would have awesome matches and that unfortunately did not happen. Yeah. And in theory at that time period, uh, you have FTR who has all of the other belts. Uh, so, the chase is really more for FTR. You could have put the AEW titles on them as well and just had like the Briscoes, the Bucks, um, the Acclaimed, even if you wanted to throw them in there. Like you could have had a constant battle for them trying to get to FTR. Mm-hmm. And almost uh, the Briscoes being baby faces in a sense that they have to <laughs> fight all of these teams from this different company as outsiders where they could have came in as hill like hill like in wo i think either way would have worked but it's just unfortunate we didn't get that um one match i watched that i'm not sure that you've ever seen but maybe you have is a uh, jay briscoe versus samoa joe cage match at ring of honor at our best which i think was god circa 2007 I did not see that match. I watched another one with Joe directly off of uh, him, I think, beating Steen, having the title, and then the first opponent was Samoa Joe. So that probably was before it, the one you're talking about. But that sounds awesome. So this one is Joe is going to kill you, error of Samoa Joe, where he's just demolishing everyone. And you brought up tommy dreamer earlier they put jay briscoe in this role of like we're gonna put you in a cage with samoa joe and the fans expect you to absolutely die uh or just get just absolutely destroyed by samoa joe um which is what happens throughout the entire match but he does like the terry funk thing where it's like he's getting his ass kicked but he just keeps getting back up on his knees and waving for more and it's samoa joe at his absolute peak it's a great match. The crowd's incredible for such a small crowd. Um, gonna be hard to find. You might have to daily motion that one because I was not able to find that on Honor Club. But it is out there. Uh, worst case scenario, I have it on DVD. Message me and I'll ship it to you as long as you ship it back or burn you a copy. <laughs> yeah, don't be giving him the don't be giving anyone the original copy of that. You'll never see it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll burn you a oh. copy. I can get my uh, DVD burner to work. We've kind of moved away from disk drives at this point. So, Yeah, matches I watched this week. I watched, like I said, him and Samoa Joe after winning the title. Uh, and they fucking just beat the living shit out of each other. It was awesome. And Jay won. I forgot the ending. It's like I, I enjoyed these matches, but it's... My head's been in and out because of obviously this information, just like watching the wrestling this week on television. But uh, I was just going through a lot of different stuff. Him and Kevin Owens, the, the where he won the title. Him and Adam Cole, that was – it sounded like shortly after the match with uh, Samoa Joe because Adam Cole was on commentary talking about Jay. Um, he had a great singles run, man. Uh, him and Mark. I went back and watched the fight on the farm from not too long ago. Enjoy the shit out of that. Best COVID era match. Best use of like 
we're gonna do random shit. I mean, I guess people could say the boneyard if you were into that, but Papa Briscoe <laughs> yelling at both of his sons. All right, you gotta go. You guys don't get it out of your system. Come on now. <laughs> it was incredible. Anytime you get Jay versus Mark, it's always good for various reasons, and it's always awesome that they they could have easily split off. They always stuck together and. Mark and Jay just always coming back after this fight. Like after that fight on the farm, they're just like, okay, we're ta- we got it out of our system. We're a tag team again, <laughs> which is and an then they, story. And then they have an amazing year where they're picking up titles and having awesome matches and going to uh, what the hell? Um, I can't remember the organization where Nick Gage performs that. Is it GCW? Uh, yeah, GCW. Yeah, so having a match there and then going having a fucking one of the best matches of all time with with FTR in the same night and then going having a great match on Impact uh, with with the Good Brothers and just the momentum, all those matches that they had winning back the Ring of Honor Tag Championships. It was just and I really with the new way we're talking about the head, we're talking about the head of Warner Brothers with the new person in charge. I was hoping we'd get to a position where we could get over this hump, and obviously that did not happen because they weren't on television, like we keep on saying. Uh, should we just talk about this and get this out of out of the way? Yeah, and I do have some more matches I want to talk about, but yeah, let's just go ahead and because uh... if I, I'm going to keep on talking, thinking about it, and I'd rather just. <sighs> All right, I said I told Chris I was going to go off. I'm not going to go off. I'm going to handle this much more respectably. Um, somewhat. Pro- I don't know. It, it, it could be fucking me yelling in two seconds. So fair warning. Um, I just think it's fucking ridiculous. I, I, I don't understand. And, you know, I, I don't know if this is an executive putting their finger down because it personally offends them and they weren't willing to do any research or care about anything that happened post the tweets that happened, obviously, with Jay basically threatening anyone that tries to explain, you know, gay marriage to his children, that he'd shoot them or whatever it was. I uh, shouldn't have said it. It was fucking terrible. Very ignorant. Stupid. But as people say, it's not that we're defending. And this is not just me. This is also friends of his that are gay within the community of wrestling. You know, Effie had a great statement uh, about Jay Briscoe, and even he was worried about working with him because he didn't know who he really was, and he had heard stuff. And he said he was one of the nicest guys, and Effie went to bat for him when all the stuff was going on with them not being able to go in the first place. And, you know, that, and you see other people, uh, you know, Carrie Silken, who was the main person because when that happened, he was, it was his ring of honor post Gabe. And he was like mentors to those guys. Like Jay considered Carrie, like a, a, like a father figure. So did Mark. Um, and Carrie looked at them like sons and Carrie's openly gay. And yeah, those, those comments were ignorant. So they course corrected. They talked a lot about it and Jay and Mark on their own volition. I believe this based on who I hear, who they are. They took a suspension and then they put their pay for the next couple events within a, you know, a uh, charity 
for, you know, I, I, some, I think it was like gay bullying or suicide, something like that, and made, you know, lots of statements. And what sucks, and I, I hope Mark doesn't have to deal with this post, you know, this whole Jay situation is Mark didn't say shit. Now, whether he probably believed it because they were very, you know, rural, you know, very Southern, very, very Christian born men. Uh, and my, that's not a good excuse. I'm just saying that's that's where they were. That's the reality of the situation, you know. And uh, Mark didn't even say anything. And this has also haunted him. And that's the reason why Jay and Mark didn't go to the WWE. That's the reason why they weren't on television. <clears throat> and it doesn't matter if they did. And recently, they once again, you know, brought it up, handled it, talked about it apologize for it. I don't know what the hell else they could have done, basically. I don't think Sonny Kiss would make up that, you know, Jay helped, you know, him out before in the past and was a great man. I don't think Effie was lying. I just think it's so fucking ridiculous that you can't be forgiven if you try to change your ways, basically. And... You know, of course, the dogs are barking now in the background. I don't know, Chris. I just. There's been I mean, we've been talking about this for years and years and years with the when, when Ring of Honor went out of business. They were one of the teams that we talked about that should go somewhere and, and should be hired somewhere. And we talked about this tweet and it always comes back to the same conversation of it's at some point like. <laughs> It's weird because Christianity got them in this situation. You would think like good moral values would get them out, which is like the 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 entirety of the Bible preaches forgiveness and you should forgive sins and forgive because people can change. And in theory, people should be able to change, but they're being blacklisted as people that couldn't change or grow. Um, it's just kind of in itself. And that's what pisses me off the most. Ridiculous. And look, man. If you think that in 2000, was this 12, 2014, that there weren't other people saying the same thing, maybe some of which that you voted for as a fucking president, um, certain sects out there, um, then you've lost your goddamn mind. Like, it's this was a time period in which gay marriage was going into legislation, it's becoming legal. Obviously, as someone who was a Christian, he said a lot of things that a lot of other Christians said. And if you started digging up CEOs from any company, especially ones that are heavily Christian or Republican, you're going to be able to pull that dirt out on them. Um, much like you can pull out a lot of stuff on Chris Jericho. Not that I think Jericho should be fucking kicked off AWTV, but there, <laughs> it's just... I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Briscoe's characters were the Briscoe's characters and in, in evil and homophobia and racism and whatever. It plays a little better with a Southern accent or a hillbilly persona. And people have attached that to them. And it doesn't matter how much good they could have done or like steps they could have taken in the, the right direction. It's, it was never going to be enough to some extent, which is very sad that humanity is that way. Um, so I'm going to leave that. Chris. Uh, I think we lost Shabersky. Said I'm going to leave that and then you kind of trailed out. 
doesn't look like you're muted yourself. Oh, what happened? Try to put inside and oh, I, I heard something. <laughs> oh, oh, I was just talking about, you know, it's just kind of odd that a network would put if you don't want something on a wrestling show, you'd put Mike Tyson on there who literally raped a woman and threw her downstairs, went to prison for it, was convicted. Um, There's a whole dude that and that one's that's not even the first thing. I mean, <laughs> this is the company that has the slapping fucking contest going on after AEW. That Dana White's in charge of, who him and his wife, look, men to women, women to men, no one should be fucking hitting each other. But we all, I think us men know that she shouldn't have hit him, but you don't fucking hit a woman. And then you have a show where it's guys taking open headshots. Chris Nowinski went off about this on a tweet like, wow, this is really intelligent. Like, just completely put your head out there and let someone hit you as hard as they can. Like, uh, and not only that... All right, fuck this. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little bit annoyed. I can just tell. I'm gonna try to keep it good, but so that my I mean, blood pressure. There's also the concept that you know Dana White is a trained fucking fighter, <laughs> so it's not like if a guy loses his temper and hits a woman that's like not a trained, which is still bad. But on top of it, he's a fucking trained fighter. And right after the show ends, he's just talking about like if you hate someone enough, you'll just slap the shit out of them. That's why I love this. And it's like the dumbest fucking worst level. It's like idiocracy when he's like watching just stupid shit on TV because it's like the lowest form of entertainment. Look, if you're letting someone slap you defenseless, like you're just putting your hands down and letting them slap the shit out of you. Um, you better be getting paid like a fuck ton of money. Like, I don't know how much money that would take for me to let one of these people slap me. I mean, it'd be like in the millions, right? Because like you could die. Um, yeah. could be the kid forever dealing with CTE and suicidal thought, like what we know about CTE and stuff, how the fuck is this on TV? And how is that any worse than like a tweet from at this point, 10 goddamn years ago? That, that, dude, that's what I'm saying. It's, it, it doesn't even end there. I think the biggest concept of, of hypocrisy, like this exact who, all right, two things. It's either, like I said, she believes this, and this is her saying, no, fuck them. They look like hillbillies. They used to come out with the rebel flag on their goddamn, like, no. Or, and maybe it's a combination of both. She's adhering to people that would have that perception. Same fucking idiots, you know, and I've, I've said this. I don't like talking politics, really, but to me, older, closed-minded, cult-like, you know, conservatives and younger cult-like fucking liberals are really fucking shit up because of their dominant personalities and I get sick of it. I get sick of having to deal with both things. And in this sense, their rest in power was trending the night that Jay died. And that's because people were finding out about Jay Briscoe through Twitter because it was trending and went and searched for anything negative and were basically saying that this homophobic wrestler, you know, not knowing him, not caring, not being a wrestling fan, um, shouldn't get any of these praise and they, you know, people shouldn't use this. And like, this was a thing. This was trending by itself. People that didn't have anything to do with wrestling. And it just pissed me off so much because that's the reason why they're not on television. And they did make amends. They, 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 they tried their hardest. And then the same fucking company, even if it's in a different area, are allowing Ezra Miller to still be a part of the flash coming out when he choked a woman 
on fucking, you know, recorded basically over in Europe, you know, and did all this other stuff and was slapped on the wrist, no jail time. Like, I I just don't fucking get it. It, it really pisses me off. And I think it's fucking ridiculous nowadays how this type of shit can happen. Like, yeah. so Dana it's, White's, it's... your Ezra Miller's, those are acceptable for your networks, for your movies. But you can't let this fucking person on because he made a stupid decision and admittedly knew he was saying ignorant stuff based on how he was raised. Fuck off. I mean, based on just saying stupid tw- shit on Twitter, there should be a lot of AEW fans or people in AEW that have been fired, that should be fired. Dax being one of them as part of FTR. Um, fucking uh, Sammy Guevara. Let's go back to uh, sensitivity training with Sammy Guevara. Uh, Excalibur. Um, I don't know. They don't know enough about their own product. I think it just play. It like I said, it, it like Mike Tyson shouldn't be on your fucking show. If you want to make the stand, make the stand. Right? Don't half-ass it. Like if you, I agree with you. Really, if you're good, like I have no problem. If you have that moral code, that's your moral code. It it needs to apply to everything. It can't apply just just because there's something else there that we're not like. I don't know. Maybe like one of the. Briscoe's wouldn't sign this head executive's autograph or something back in 2014 or some shit. I don't know. It seems like a personal vendetta against uh, who who seemingly is like one of the biggest influences in wrestling as far as the quality of talent that's came out that wrestled the Briscoe's who came out and all said positive fucking things. Is there something else there that they just didn't want to deal with? Like, it has to be something more than these tweets. Like, Vince McMahon is back in the WWE 10 months later. No one's batting a fucking eye at Fox, which is expected, but also at USA Network owned by Paramount, right? Or or whoever the fuck owns USA at this point. NBC, but yeah, I get get what you're saying, man. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's... (laughs) What... it, it's possible for people to change. We've talked about this, and um, it's just crazy. Some of the people that we get forgiven in the past for things that are worse, or wrestlers who had continuously gotten jobs who have done way worse shit uh, outside of just a fucking tweet, like Alberto Del Rio, for instance. Um, it's just just fucking like Mike Tyson gets continuous work and. His actions were so bad he went to fucking prison. So at some point, just pick and if you you can't pick and choose of like what you want to do and what's okay and greenlit. Um, yeah, and, if, and I, I want to. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, no, it's just me. But we're both. I we knew it was going to get to this because it does every time we talk about this. We've been doing this for fucking since we started the podcast talking about the Briscoes. It's it's been the same thing. Well, specifically, what I was saying about Ezra Miller, and the reason why I'm trying to say this is because Ezra and a lot of members of the, of, of the LGBT uh, plus community, Q plus community, have been calling him out because when he's wasted and he's causing all these events and punching women or throwing a chair and hitting some chick in the face at a bar, he says, do you know who I am? He talks about how famous he is, and then he says, I'm part of the LGBT uh, community and he keeps on throwing that as like a fucking reasoning. He's a scumbag, and he's getting a second chance. And then you have something completely on the fucking opposite concept 
I just it just pisses me off. People just have to get fucking outraged nowadays. Like that's I'm sorry, the late millennials, Generation Z, they have to look online, they have to get on their Twitters and their TikToks. I sound like I'm fucking 90 years old right now. I just don't care. But and then they have to find something and then they have to rally about being pissed about something without trying to find any other information that might counter or add to the fucking shit. They don't care about that. And I'm so sick of a small population of people, which in every aspect, the most ignorant people with ever political party you have out there, religious, uh, you know, race, whatever. The small fraction of those people speak the loudest on there, and they're just – we give them way too much attention. We give negative fucking people way too much attention nowadays. I hate it. So I can't even yeah. fucking – I'm sorry. I mean just in general for those wrestling fans, then I, I hope – if these – and I'm assuming most of these weren't wrestling fans, but for the people out there that were – going real hard on this. Um, I don't want to ever hear you talk about like Roddy Piper. Uh, if you don't believe me, you go back and watch his 97 to 2000 run where he just makes homophobic slurs like every 10 sentences. Um, I don't want to hear you talk about the fabulous Freebirds. I don't want to hear you talk about Ogin. I don't like at some point, all of these other legends are somehow forgiven. Um, and didn't really try to make him. I guess Hogan has tried over the past like few years or whatever, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's just dumb at some point. It's you're basically saying that people can't change when you get into this mindset of something someone said, especially if they've tried to make efforts and have publicly apologized and have donated. And, and uh, even coming back to that first ring of honor pay-per-view, he made, they made public statements about how ignorant they were at that time period. And he was doing it because of, he thought that was what was right within his religion um, for, you know, a, a, the United States is supposed to be about freedom of religion um, you would, in theory, you would be able to see, like, yes, that is part of the religion that is very much against homosexuality. Uh, whether it's right or not is up for That's just a fucking argument about Christianity. And like I said, they weren't the only fucking people out there saying that shit. Um, then again, they're not Ben Roethlisberger beating up bitches in, like, a, a bathroom stall or Mike Tyson or ray rice or like michael vick like the, there's people that have been forgiven for what i would consider worse <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> who, who never really did anything to try to atone for their sins i guess vick does donate to like animal charities now and did go to prison but um <laughs> how how can we move past that people that are bigger stars than the briscoes not move past a tweet um, that he was probably drunk thinking about God or whatever. I'm not saying it's right. I think I think a lot of organized religion, especially like when you're basing your beliefs off textbooks that were written to control the poor. Um, no, and I, and I agree with you completely. And I think that there is a lot of stuff within the Judeo-Christian Muslim religions, those those ones that are very fucked up a lot of the belief systems within them when it comes to homosexuality and other aspects and there's a lot called out against them but at the same time it's almost like if you're religious nowadays you get a lot of aggravation towards you and i'm not going to say it's 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 right the way that they believe because i don't fucking believe that i'm not religious 
But, you know, like I said, it, it just goes back to us saying that it's not like he didn't do anything. I mean, Hulk Hogan just went on Booker T one time and talked to him about it. That's it. <laughs> That's so. Uh, it's just yeah. so fucking frustrating. Fuck you, you exec, male or female. You can go fuck off. It's, it's just, it's ridiculous. And uh, if anyone does know whoever put the jinx or the hicks on the Briscoes being on AEW TV, please do send it to Jim Cornette because I think that's interesting uh, going forward. I think he's going to send him like a shit in the box. Yeah, he unleashed a, uh, an entire 20 minute uh, cut a promo on whoever the fuck that was. I, it's just, I don't like, if you have the moral standpoint of this, right. I'm okay with it, but it has to be everything. You can't have fucking Dana white very like five seconds after dynamite talking about slapping the shit out of people unedited. You guys have had time to edit that before it aired. Um, even though you shouldn't even air, like, I would say that this, it's not, obviously it's not offensive to anyone, but it's not a good idea. What are you going to do if you have like, you know, don't try this at home like you have at the beginning of WWE shows. What are you can do if you have kids like on the playground just literally slapping the shit out of each other defenseless. Like, this is the stupidest shit. It should not be allowed on TV. Um, it's fucking almost pornographic in a sense. And you're worried about a tweet that was sent. Like, it's just that made it more upsetting. Before, when it was just like we're never going to put the Briscoes on the air you realize why and you're like the company stands by that or whatever or the network head maybe that's opposite of the Ezra Miller stuff they have different network heads for each tv yeah no well, no yours yours is the same home so it makes absolute sense your example is the closest honestly <laughs> like this is the dumbest fucking shit actually doing anything with UFC is kind of like you have they have a bunch of fucking scumbags that work there <laughs> like not trying to be that guy, but like, uh, hey, one of them, one of them just returned, and he's a, the greatest. You know? Yeah. So he's, he's like, I've never lost a fight, and I'm never going to lose a fight. And I was like, I just fight was like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does good hits, like when he hits uh, women's cars when it's a pregnant lady and takes off. I'm not going to even get into John Jones, but I'm I'm just saying. Yeah, you know. love, but people still love John Jones. He'll he'll get another pay per view, I'm sure. Oh, he will. He'll definitely. If he wanted to work a fight on TNT, they'd do it. The thing is, is the Briscoes are at that perfect level of not big enough to get a pass for something that happened like that. If it's someone big, like if Brad Pitt said something fucked up, which I mean he probably wouldn't, but if he did. Like six or seven months later, much like Vince McMahon, he'd be back and no one would be talking about it. That's that's more of my problem with this shit. It depends on the level of celebrity, how long this shit sticks with you. Or like Conor McGregor, you know? <laughs> Conor McGregor's terrible. Like, he punched an old guy out. He's endangered multiple lives, has said multiple fucked up homophobic shit just in promos against other people. Uh, still one of the most beloved UFC fighters of all time. Once again, I'm not saying that any of this shit is right. Just if you're gonna have a fucking moral code as a company or as a network, stand be persistent. Be persistent on everything. You can't just pick and choose. Like if Conor McGregor wanted to come in AEW, I guarantee you they'd let him. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> like I said, Mike Tyson is a good example of that. It's like, oh yeah, that's fine. Have Mike on. It's. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Just pisses me off. But pisses what are you gonna? I, I also want to take time to say that 
this is this is not on Tony. You know, I, I I'm I'm really happy that he went ahead and he's gonna premiere it on YouTube for free apparently and also on Honor Club for free. A tribute show. I dude, he this is the fucking people making his television. And honestly, because of certain people cursing a lot more often. I love John Moxley, but the F word being said now on air multiple times. You know, I don't know if he is at all like like I don't even know if he has any pulls what I'm saying because of shit like that. But I would be looking at maybe other networks after this fucking thing's done because of the fact that they're they have, you know, not just this, this is probably the biggest, but try to get themselves uh in the way of of Tony's creativity. So if I was him, I don't know, maybe maybe the whole allure of the Warner Brothers style television stations and being the not WWE product that's dominant in wrestling on the network is as appealing to, you know, when they won't let you fucking recognize one of your wrestlers that works for your company. Um, fuck that, you know, but I don't know. It's all business. I'm not I'm not an owner of a major wrestling organization, so I, 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 I just don't put a lot of blame he still fought for Jay to have that opening tribute picture and they still had the, the armbands, the commentary brought it up many times throughout the night about it. So they did what they could do. And then he put on a giant show that's people were flown in for. Um, and blue Meanie said the best, uh, I don't know when you do it, but maybe next year, uh, of the year of his death. But like, like what they did with the Brian Pillman tribute show, just let every, you know, big wrestler that wants to be on it, that's friends with Jay from whatever, whatever organization working together for one thing. I don't even think WWE would be against that, honestly, if Kevin Owens wanted to go and wrestle in the name of, of Jay Briscoe. So maybe we'll see that. It just sucks that this fucking exec caused us not to be able to see it on that level and platform or to, to, allowed us not to see them on that level and platform in the past as a tag team. Yeah, I mean, we did. We didn't even get like a tribute video or something. Like, you don't even have to have. I, I think you could have shown wrestling matches, testimonials. Like, yeah, there's lots of things that e- even if you didn't want the Briscoes on your week to week product, there's no reason why they couldn't have done a tribute video or something. And uh, I heard that the uh, Young Bucks were pretty fucking pissed about this. Um, so good for them. I know that they do. They donated twenty thousand dollars, which I think was a good sentiment because i mean they probably made that much money wrestling the fucking briscoes to be honest because they had some bangers with the briscoes but um yeah kevin owens jim Cornette, the young bucks were three of the biggest people to provide for that that and a lot of people fucking did which is awesome yes there's a lot of hospital bills in the future unfortunately it was good to hear that that um from from what I've heard, at least ramblings through various media sources, that the uh, the Bucks specifically they had more planned for their tribute, and it got dialed back a lot, and they were super fucking pissed off about it, um, which good for them. But they did do uh, they hit the uh, what it would the hell the uh, electric the Dominator the the Road Warriors did it and the um, obviously the Briscoes did it as well. They hit that in the middle of their match. school um lots of good stuff across wrestling you know without directly doing a complete briscoe's tribute i thought around 
I think Noah versus New Japan has been my favorite, though I haven't got to see video for it. But having well, just that that picture that you showed me of Marafuji, who represents Pro Wrestling Noah and is one of the biggest Japan wrestlers, kind of that has never really been in New Japan, and then who they compare him to, all obviously is Tanahashi, and they're there paying tribute, and they had a moment for for Jay, who did work for New Japan, but. Beautiful stuff, man. That was awesome. Yeah, he they, the Briscoes won titles in both the tag titles and Noah in New Japan. Um, outside awesome. of Dudley's, if you throw in the Impact titles, I don't, they they may be the I, well the Bucks I guess would be the next closest as far as like titles across companies and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. It's cool that they did a ten bell salute with the two aces from both of those various companies at a versus show it's the first one they've done in a long time and at the end of the 10 bell salute they they played reach for the sky boy which is fucking incredible uh that's been my favorite tribute so far uh, of the shows but in march tony has already said and there's nothing that uh warner brothers or anyone can do about this because it's a pay-per-view that that's going to be the actual jay briscoe tribute show i think it's cool that he did one for honor club um, I think the March show is going to be the big one and that'll be interesting to watch. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see people like motor city machine guns and, um, a lot of really cool matches and maybe even something with Mark Briscoe there, uh, depending on how he's doing at that time period. Cause I can't believe, I can't even imagine what he's going through. His birthday was the very next day. Oh, um, his fucking nieces are still in the hospital, man. Kills me. <sighs> but it will be I'm that's going to be the tribute show I think that we were all hoping for and expecting um it just sucks that it's going to happen so far out but I think uh, you know within the grounds of what they were able to do as far as br- bringing it up on commentary um all of the commentators Excalibur and Taz wearing the armbands even in WWE you know you had people wearing the armbands and stuff for Jay it just shows how beloved the guy was in the wrestling business and it's um and within his community specifically as well like the outpouring of support and closing down a school district because it's not just Jay you're talking about like the daughters are affected they go to that school I think his mom works for the school district right like People, I think it's easy to forget about small town America. And when you think Delaware, you don't think like, you know, an old town that used to be owned by DuPont that is now just like a one farm and like 2,000 residents. (laughs) And uh, clarifying that I saw Mama Briscoe uh, and Papa Briscoe, they were on a news um, thing for that area. And they said, she was very stern and very, very, you know, straightforward and holding it together. And she basically said, look, you know, we lost Jay. It's terrible, but we still have people that are on this earth um, that we need to worry about and put our energy towards. So I, I'm not religious, um, pretty much agnostic. But she asked, put out good energy, positive energy, prayer specifically is what she said. So just do what you can. Donate if you can. Just try to put out some positive vibes, whatever you can do. Light a candle, because his two daughters, one of them has to get back surgery, and the other one, her legs were pretty destroyed. So, uh, just fucked up. So terrible. Yeah. 
it's just it's so sad and like I said, you know, I'm not a super religious person either, but hey, sending a prayer out never hurt, right? No, definitely. It's, uh, so I'm going to talk about some more matches here. Let's, let's do that. That sounds let's great. Do that. Let's, let's get out of this. I want to talk about Briscoe's versus Motor City Machine Guns at Ring of Honor. Good times, great memories. <laughs> circa... Were they listening to Fall Out Boy or something? I want to say this was 2008, 2009-er. Did I detect a niner in there? Um, this is one of my favorite Briscoe's matches. I, everyone knows on this podcast I'm a huge fucking Motor City machine gun mark. I would have them higher in my team of the decade if they didn't take so much time apart. Uh, Alex Shelley having various injuries, Chris Sabin. I think they're one of the best tag when they're healthy. They're one of the best tag teams of all time. And I gush over them. Um, This is fucking everything you would want out of that batch between those two. You get kind of what you saw with the bucks and the Briscoes, but turned up to 11 because you have a young athletic motor city machine guns, which is basically just the it's there. They are the bucks before the bucks. And in to me, a little better, uh whether people like that or not that's just kind of how it is um incredible fucking match definitely one to go back to and another one as far as tag matches go from that time period ring of honor mana up the briscoes versus generico and kevin steen in the latter match fucking this is where i fell in love with kevin steen <laughs> and it never stopped but this is the match <laughs> jericho or generico and steen um in that match is is what forever made me a kevin steen fan and, and made it more me- meaningful when he won the belt and then they drop it back to jay if you watch that whole lineage of that feud from whether you know with kevin steen and breaking up with generico and then going after the briscoes and then jay finally winning the belt from steen after the kill steen's kill steen kill error um phenomenal dude ring of honor was so goddamn great it's it's been as sad as this has all been i will say this it made me really 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 love ring of honor again in a way i haven't felt in a long time because we've been in the decline of ring of honor um and hopefully the resurrection now but before that uh just fall back into that time period where i was getting these dvds and just being so hyped about it and it was it's been a great trip down memory lane at the very least yeah i would uh i'm definitely gonna have to try to get honor club to work today it's having issues with it i got all signed up and with my credit card information then i kept on freezing guess they didn't want my money but then again it's good to see a lot of fans obviously jumping on that uh, because people were complaining about the fact that it was crashing. So I guess that we all just love Jay Briscoe. Now, I do know that the Honor Club only had around 200,000 subscribers before this happened, and that they probably are just having server issues for obvious reasons. I mean, Ring of Honor went out of business, basically, and was bought by Tony Khan, and there at the very end, there was there was some good ring of honor stuff happening, but not especially during COVID. Cause there was basically two years of them doing kind of nothing um, as a company. And then even before then uh, Sinclair was not putting any money into the product. 
you have the weird time period where they hired um fucking umbrella boy what the fuck is that guy's name Ted umbrella boy from england <laughs> Ted o guy from england uh he was part of the bullet club what the fuck is that guy's name he does the Jared? finger break the no he does the no <laughs> the guy who does the uh, finger break spots he was in new japan he was part of the elite they hired him they paid him like two million dollars to become the new booker for ring of honor Minoru suzuki no, what the fuck? No, uh, the villain. I'm fucking up. I can't. Re- oh, Marty Skrull. I thought yeah. you said that. For some reason, I thought that you said that they were Asian. Um. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I do like the idea of Minoru Suzuki doing the umbrella spin on the way to the ring. <laughs> I forgot Marty Skrull existed until just now. I think that's what happened. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> that was a man that was very successfully canceled. Uh, well, but, she's it's legal if she's seventeen. Anyway. All right, Pete Townsend, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, dude, oh. he he doubled down on his sins. Um, but yeah, like that that time period, he but what he took over the company in 2017 was out three months later. COVID hits. There's just nothing. So a lot of the subscribers for the ring of honor club dropped off because there's only so much old ring of honor you can watch. Well, I take that back because I've watched a fuck ton this week. Um, but you know, it's, you're going to have fall off if there's no pay-per-views happening. And I think that's kind of what happened. And when that happens with a company, they downgrade their servers. You don't need as many servers to host your content. So people having problems signing up for such a, what used to be such a small service is not surprising. I am surprised that they didn't put that tribute show up on YouTube like the same day or the next day because i don't think it's it's still not up as of now so they're kind of using it to get people to buy honor club which i think is a little skeezy well no uh i think tony said you should be able to watch it for free on honor club but Uh, i don't know how the hell to do that at the same time i haven't really like i said i couldn't get past the fucking uh sign up app so, so I had a previously lapsed account, so I was able to just update my payment information. Uh, yeah, I heard a lot of people have had trouble with that, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, there's definitely all of that stuff's on Daily Motion. Hey, it, oh. you know what? But it's also a good thing because that means that people gave a shit about Jay to crash the system. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, uh, your Tony Khan just upload to just get more servers like the same day. That seems like a very easy thing to do. Working for the tech world, you just spend up... I'm not getting into that. That's just going to be boring nerd shit, but it it could be easily solved pretty quickly. Hopefully no one's still having problems with it today, so retry today. Hopefully they fixed that, because I want more people to watch Old Ring of Honor than I have more shit to talk about on this show. (laughs) I want to go back, because, dude, I mean, honestly... Like every time Jim talks about it, like they had such a good tag team division back then between Motor City Machine Guns, between I forgot what the fuck they were called, but Shelton uh, Haas and Benjamin between the uh, Cesaro and fucking Chris Hero between the Wolves, the American Wolves, you know, fucking Briscoes. Like I keep on saying more and more and more great tag teams and they were all fucking just uh, Generico and, and, and KO just beating the shit out of each other and having great matches. So I definitely have to go back. (laughs) 
Man, it's uh. So I did go back and watch this one. This is more of a recent one. I don't remember if you. I don't remember what pay per view it was from. It may have been like all, all in, or right before all in. It was that same year, but it was God versus Brody King and PCO versus Evil Ensenada versus the Briscoes. Oh my God, that would be awesome! <laughs> and God ended up winning. Um. Like kind of just a crazy cataclysm of styles in that match. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, some some more good shit. I mean, we could go on and on about the great. That's that's the thing is that you know Jay passing away is very sad, but this is a wrestler that left us with a fucking legacy of great great matches, kind of from beginning to end. Yep. Um, which just speaks to how good the fucking Briscoes as a tag is. And even his singles run was fucking great. I have uh, Jay Lethal winning the title from Jay Briscoe in 2015. Guess it's easy to forget that, you know, Jay's the one that put him over because, you know, he's a fucking notorious racist, apparently. Um, <laughs> putting over Jay Lethal um, in 2015. And then their rematch in 2016, at, I believe, at both at Final Battle. Um, amazing shit right before the decline of ring of honor and kind of when i stopped watching it very heavily is that when uh jay was not accepting the fact that he had like a fucking cul-de-sac on the top of his head and still had like the braids coming out in the back <laughs> yeah uh, i'm not gonna hate on the guy's hairline i kind of have a, a little bit of receding hairline myself and i feel like anytime i bring it up it just gets worse <laughs> so <laughs> i don't i gotta <laughs> As a guy right, with long it, hair, I'm going to be very sad if my hair goes away one day. So I just don't talk about it when I see people. Like when Baron Corbin was getting bald and everybody was making fun of him, I was like, shut up. <laughs> it could happen to anyone. Dude, skullets are cool looking. What are you talking about? Oh, mine's not that bad, but it's definitely, you know, we're getting older. Shit, it's going to happen. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, all right, so I want to – we can still stay, obviously, in the realm of Jay Briscoe, but I kind of wanted to go on the – the a certain subject and that is mark you know first of all obviously all the members of his family his daughters his wife his mom dad but yeah mark his brother he's been doing this with him for a very very long time grinding you know going back working on the farm going and fucking wrestling for years and it's not just Jay that makes them a great tag team. Uh, the fact that they're brothers. You know, we've had notorious brothers, you know, either have a set of matches or be a tag team before in the past. And they have that camaraderie. Like, they understood each other. And they're also, you know, I just, I feel terrible for him. Um, and Bully Ray really wanted the emphasis of, like, obviously, the whole family, but like, I'm really worried, you know, I'm really bummed, bummed out, worried about Mark basically, because he always had Jay, Jay always had him. And if he wants to wrestle, you know, after this, that's, that's completely up to him, but not just because I'm a fanboy. I re really would love to see Mark come back and have an amazing run it's going to be weird in a culture shock because he's never been the singles guy of the two of them, obviously. But I think that Mark, you know, Jay was like, like it's, it's kind of like you have the personalities of like an Austin type concept in Jay. He's like straightforward or even like 
Brett, you know, maybe like just much more not trying to be as funny. Like he's he's being much more like aggressive and straight to the point. Mark is so fucking animated. He's great. He's one of the so much fun to watch. You know, the 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 redneck kung fu that he does and stuff like that. I would love to see him pivot from this and actually become a prime player potentially for AEW, you know. I really hope this doesn't the, the fucking Twitter shit doesn't follow him now past this. Um, but who fucking knows? But I'm just saying I would love to see Mark Briscoe get get uh get what he deserves for being an awesome worker for a long time. And you know, if it wants a tag team, I'm sure Terry Funk would do it. He'd probably be over there in a second. Just hold on. You know, he could help him out as or Papa Briscoe or fuck. I don't know. But I, I, I want to see Mark get his flowers, man. And it sucks that his fucking brother's gone, but I don't I, – I, it, it would really suck if he just ends up – that's it. Because he doesn't need wrestling. They make plenty of money on the chicken farm. Yeah. I mean, Mark's had great um, singles runs as well, but they always culminate in him versus his brother. Um, so this would be the first time that I can remember. And granted, I think that he's been the Ring of Honor champion before. I'd have to go back and look. Uh, but coming out of this tragedy, there's a couple ways they could do it. You know, he could bring in a new tag partner if he wanted to. Um, if they wanted to go that route, I, I don't think that he's going to do that. But he could be po- poised for like a really huge singles run in Ring of Honor if he wants to wrestle. I mean, that's the other thing is maybe he doesn't want to wrestle without his brother and he's just done. And I think I'm completely fine with that. I think they've given us everything that they had, even though there was still more left to give. Like there's just so much good Briscoe shit out there in general that I would be OK if, it, if he just doesn't want to wrestle anymore. But if he does want to come back, Mark is good enough on his own merits that he could have one hell of a run, especially as being the last of the OG ring of honor people, the, the last of the day one, the one that never left um, as a character going forward. And I think his promos would be good enough. Obviously it's going to, they, they both are better promoing together um, by design. Yeah. They hype each other. Dude, you know who they're a lot like in that realm? The Usos. Like them going back and forth, they they feed off each other, you know, right. Um, and but I I think there is definitely room for Mark to do something cool. And uh, I don't know, who knows? Maybe he gets fucking titles. Like I'm assuming they're going to do a tag. They're going to have to either either just retire those titles, depending on what they're going to. And this is something Tony Khan's going to have to figure out because this is a this is a big thing for him. Um, as well as what are you going to do unless Bruce, unless Mark wants to team with someone else, uh, which I think will get mixed reactions depending on who it is. Um, that's going to be a tag title tournament in March. And who do you bring in for that? And then what do you do with Mark? Do you make Mark the referee for all the matches? Do you have him um, have a title, like a title match, like a heavyweight title match or something? Do you put him versus Joe? Or um, like him versus uh, who? God, who is the Ring of Honor Heavyweight t- Champion? Right, is it Jericho? Right? Do you do something? Uh, like Cesaro. That? Cesaro, yeah, Cesaro won it back. My bad. Um, him versus Claudio. There, there's history there between the Briscoes and and um, 
the was the kingdom the greatest tag team of all time with the, him and Chris Hero basically there's we were t- I was talking about it earlier and now the name's slipping on me um the kings of wrestling is that it kings of wrestling yeah so there's a uh, there's tons of stuff that Mark can do but I don't I don't want him to come back too soon um I can't imagine what it would be like I, I haven't lost a sibling uh, and, and definitely not one that I was that close to as, as they were, you know, going down the road together and doing all these matches and as close knit that the family basically all kind of lives on a compound together. Like I, I can't imagine what he's going through right now and uh, that whole family in general. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure wrestling is the furthest thing from his fucking mind, but if he wants to come yeah. back singles run, I think he'll be fine. Uh, he's good enough in the fucking ring to have good matches with, kind of anyone and there he has the story of if he wanted to do that i want to do this for jay kind of the ray mysterio story just probably not as heavy-handed as wwe did with ray mysterio and uh eddie guerrero i feel like he could tell a very cool story um more like a von eric storyline of of running after the title carry doing it for david basically yeah something like that um I think there's very good ways that they could do that. And he's so fucking good. He'll have great matches with anyone as well. And, and you got Daniel Bryan there and Samoa Joe and uh, Adam Cole. There's, there's like a lineage of people that you could have kind of callbacks to original Briscoes and, and Jay and, and tell a, a really fun story with that. That being said, I don't want it to just be like a thing <laughs> that's an overshadowed by the main product of AEW. I would wait if you want to do something at the tribute show, that's fine. Um, but Mark coming in full time to do a run, get your fucking ring of honor show actually somewhere streaming and do a weekly show. Yeah, no shit. Like don't waste that. And unless he can come, if he can come into AEW and do it, then fine. But we still don't know what that's going to look like. And I don't have high hopes of him not still taking buckshot for something he didn't say. Um, yeah, no fucking shit. Um, so, and you brought it up and that kind of makes sense because they have way too much, well, they're trying to build Ring of Honor, uh, but it does make sense because they have more than one tag titles is retiring them. Um, but if they don't do that, the potential of a tournament, you know, obviously it'd probably be pretty much in honor of Jay. I don't know. Whoever gets those titles next, that's, that's a hard concept, man. It's almost like you don't even want them <laughs> at that point. Well, I mean, the thing about FTR is that their contracts are coming up, right? FTR, they're they're basically they were up. I think they're already up, but basically Tony, I mean, they they've been working so much that he allowed them to have off like the small amount, and then they're giving a decision. They have, they're taking off until April and figuring out what they want to do next after that. Uh, but they're just trying to chill with their family. I know Dax did say that the uh, fact that Vince's back plays heavily into his decision of going anywhere else, yep. which basically means he's not fucking going anywhere. Or Pretty much, man. Lost. I I think that was the plan beforehand, but I, I don't think Dax wants to deal with that as a possibility. It just did not work out. They wanted them to look like fucking Sesame Street characters or some shit with the costumes that Bruce Pritchard brought to them. Um and here's the thing. Maybe this motivates them. I know that they they got really close to the Briscoes th- throughout the course of matches, and it was much more about respect when it came down to it. And, you know, the fact that 
most of the shit people don't realize, Briscoes and FTR are one of the last two tag teams that likes to call a majority of their shit in the ring. So a lot of the stuff we saw, they definitely planned out certain spots, but that's what makes those even more amazing, is the fact that, you know, they were calling a lot of that shit in the ring, uh, and especially when you get dog collars in the third match involved, like, those matches are fucking awesome. But uh, what I was going to say, to wrap it up, maybe this motivates them to stay and maybe even come back earlier, honestly, to, to be a part of that tournament or something. Uh, I don't know. But it, they fucking busted their ass. It's kind of like Kenny when he took off. He had to get a bunch of stuff fixed. But they, that wherever they go, they deserve to chill for right now and relax if they want to. Yeah, I mean, I, ideally, this what I would want to see is Motor City Machine Guns get brought in, the Bucks get brought in, um, FTR get brought in. I'm trying to think of what you could do for a one-night tournament, because that's what they would end up doing, I would think. It would be great if you can get Santana and, uh, well, Santana's still fucked up, never mind. Um, LAX would be a great tag team to be a part yeah, of. Yeah, LA, LAX would be great. Um I, I don't know, maybe even like the Hardys. What about Jeff, uh, Jeff cleared? Can the Hardys? <laughs> they, we haven't heard about Jeff in forever. Is he out of rehab now? Can you put he's in there? I'm trying I to don't think. Know, Jeff, I don't know if the situation about uh, Chris Hero, but like, I mean, shit, they do have Claudio. Who can Danielson team? Danielson can team with someone. Bring the Wolves back. Yeah, dude, Davey Richards, I felt like that video killed me. I don't know if you watched it on Twitter, but his he broke down while he was uh, paying tribute to uh, Jay on just a lot of outpour. Apparently, Jay Briscoe was a really good guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I could I could easily see FTR um, winning the titles back in that tournament, or the Bucks winning them, honestly. But that would be... It, your big matches would be, I mean, to me, I would have like Motor City Machine Guns versus FTR or Motor City Machine Guns versus the Bucks, depending on what you wanted to do. Uh, and if there's one team that could take the Bucks out beforehand, it would be like uh, Motor City Machine Guns, where I would be, it would be believable, I guess. But you kind of want them in the, the, the last round. Yeah. I don't know. You can want the Bucks in the last round, right? Uh, I mean, they're they're especially for modern wrestling fans. I think the Bucks are more heavily tied to the Briscoes than any other tag team besides yeah. FTR, because FTR's recent memory. But before that, I would say the Bucks. Like I said, that the 2016 to 2018 feud they had um, for Ring of Honor is a pretty big deal, and that's when Cody was coming in and out of Ring of Honor as well. Um, Jay had some matches with Hangman that were really great. Uh, so there's a lot. There's a lot there. And uh, depending on what the hell they do with this fucking weird-ass storyline they have with Hangman, maybe Hangman and Moxley are attackers. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on with this? I don't Dude, understand this storyline. <laughs> that whole entire interview with Renee was awkward as fuck. I, I, I felt like at the end of it, I was like, does he want to, like, kiss John Moxley? Like, I'm not sure if he wants to beat him up or, like, he's that, trying to ask him on a date from his wife or some shit. I think he um, wants him to be his partner. <laughs> Like his tag partner. I don't what know what's was, weird. What was the statement that was at the beginning of it? He said something on the lines of like, there's other things that I need to finally address in the future and be a bigger man about. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck is that? I had no I, idea. 
I, I don't know how you, they managed to fuck up Adam Hangman Page so much, but they really did. He's he's doing better nowadays. I like him now like this, but I, there, there was a long stretch of just bad booking that got him into, like, I don't give a fuck. They, a uh, they WWE'd the shit out of him. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Uh, kind of like Wardlow. They definitely WWE'd uh, Wardlow. Now he's bald. So... Now he doesn't get the reaction of Goldberg anymore, uh, Chris. He he looks more like him. Isn't that great? All right. I know that I'm funnier than this. No. Oh, you're breaking out a little bit. What, what were you saying? I was like, oh, he he like you know he totally was supposed to win the belt right off the bat. Like he was going to be their ace, and then didn't because of whatever and then he wins the title and then drops it to fucking punk right <laughs> and then all that controversy happens and it's and they had the 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 cool like weird john wayne version of him that i think was the one that would have worked but they've changed this character so much over the god the company's only been together like three or four years I feel yeah. like he's changed characters like 78 times like he's hanging out with a fucking dark order at some points it's like God damn, man. That's uh, some WWE shit. They're like, we know he's really good. We're just going to throw him in random things until one sticks, basically. Yeah, but whatever's going on between him and Moxley, I hope that they end up having a beautiful relationship and maybe go to Paris or Venice and, you know, just have a wonderful time. Um, <laughs> I will say my wife popped for the dress that Renee had on. So that was funny. So that's a really cute dress. <laughs> like in the middle of my sad watching the show state. <laughs> it made me laugh. No, Renee's great. Um, so do you want to talk anything else about Jay or do we move on? And if we remember anything else, you know, let's, I mean, so they weren't able to do a full tribute show, but I think no. in just themselves, there was tributes because Tony Khan booked one hell of a show wrestling wise. Yeah, AEW is really good this week. Brian Danielson versus uh, Bandito. Holy shit, what a match. Yeah, Bandito's fucking awesome, man. I mean, I hate I hate doing this comparison, but it's, it's just going to be made every single time. It's like he really is, because of his size, too, because he's got that frame and he's got his, you know, raised height. He does remind me more so than other guys that have been compared to Rey Mysterio, uh, to Rey Mysterio. Because he's got the style, he's got, you know, the size, like, all around. Bandito is a fucking great luchador. And he was going against the American Dragon, who <laughs> was retired a couple years ago. What the fuck? Could you imagine if Rey Mysterio, like, just started today in AEW, how fucking big of a star he would be by the end of his career? Just because yeah, he'd be working smaller guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, nah, all joking aside, Bandito was fucking great. The delayed suplex in this looked way better than the last time we saw that. Uh, the, uh, the, just the whole match, man. Mexican surfboard, uh, like he, he, he puts Brian in the, well, the, what do they call it? They call it the, uh, cause Mexican surfboards is not politically correct anymore. It's the, um, Guerrero special. Yes, yes, that's what it's called. I was fucking searching my head. Um, that little segment where Bendito put Brian in it, because Brian's usually the one that does it, and, he, and Brian was trying to put it, put 
put it back on him and eventually just said fuck it and did the double knee stomp. <laughs> it was amazing. Awesome. Uh, this match was really good. Like out of the things of wrestling that were sad this week, that was a really high, like high for me watching. Um, it's weird that the crowd, because they keep putting people against Brian Danielson, the crowd also wants to succeed, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, Brian Danielson has to win all these matches to get a title shot. They're like, we don't care. Let's go Bendito. <laughs> <laughs> The week, the week before Takashita was the same thing. <laughs> like Takeshka, yeah, dude. It's, yeah, Takeshka. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, but maybe put him against someone people don't like, which I guess they're doing with Brian Cage next week. <laughs> but <laughs> well, and that's the, the thing is that, this match. <laughs> did you see the match last night against Willie Mack? I did not. I did. I. I was. Um, awesome. Well. I remember hearing about them, in, like they were doing. I think in PWG, they were have like kind of like how Keith Lee and Dijakovic, uh, uh, like they were known for their matches over there. Willie Mack and probably around like 2014, 15, like right when I first started, and Brian Cage were having awesome matches, and they had a fucking awesome match. And Jr. really, really liked Willie Mack. Thought he would, you know, he's fr- originally from. Uh, what is it? Deep South? No, not Deep South. Mid South. Um, and obviously, Willie Mac is like a luchador version of Junkyard Dog. So, uh, just thought it was a fucking awesome match. They've worked with each other a million times, so I guess they did a lot of their signature spots and shit, but made them both look great. And even though Willie lost, he just... I hope they're getting him. I really would love to see Willie Mac uh, in AEW. He's been doing a little bit on Dark... But that match was a really great – it wasn't the main event either. I think it was like the second match on there, but really good stuff. And uh, Brian Cage finally gets a win, but it was against a person I did not want to see him beat. So that's good. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, but the Brian Cage storyline is heavily tied to MJF, so I, I assumed that that would be the, the case. Um, I don't understand why MJF gave. Okay, so there there is something I'll bitch about on this AEW show. Why did MJF go ahead and give him the money before the deed was done, <laughs> and not like a half a half later type deal? <laughs> I was like, if you have his money, fuck it, just don't even show up to the match. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do not know, man. That that was awkward. And also, isn't the idea that Prince Nana bought this team from Tully Blanchard to begin with? So like in the He's a prince, so he should have money. Like, I was very confused on what I, I may have done. I may have used someone like Jake the Snake and uh, uh, what's the what's the, the God? Why can't I think of his name with the back tattoo? Um, big seven foot motherfucker that's in New Japan all the time. Uh, oh, Lance Archer. Yeah. Like, what, wouldn't Lance Archer make made it more sense here as someone who may need money as opposed to like Brian Cage hanging out with Prince Nana? Yeah. I would think so. Uh, but I will say the Bucks put on one hell of a fucking match. Yep. It was cool that they lost. Um, especially because there's trios champions, so they don't, you know, they're not really in the tag division right now. <clears throat> I liked that they hit the Doomsday device. There was, uh, I mean, just all the cool spots that those teams, the, the was Air, Air Force One, Air Flight, or Take Flight. Whatever the fuck that name is. The Martin Brothers. <laughs> Dude, they're so good. Top flight, yeah. Top flight. They had a good match. Um, 
with the Bucks, and I like that they got a roll up win, and the Bucks sold it like, holy shit, how did we just lose? Which was good, but there were some cool spots. They did some tributes to the Briscoes in that match. It was cool. And uh, Kushida, holy fuck, he's so goddamn good. Dane, I've been saying this for years, but <laughs> that chair spot at the very end of the main event where Darby's going to do like the dive and he just catches him in this arm bar. I thought he, I thought he really broke Darby's arm. I was like, Darby's dead now. <laughs> Dude, that was, that was awesome. Uh, and talk about two of the best smaller guys in the industry that still pull it off and make it believable that they could fucking, but that was a great match. I love how it started off with chain wrestling. Uh, a lot of it actually, because both guys are actually good at technical work. And, uh, uh, Darby, man, he's been he's been tearing up. I mean, we didn't really talk about his win for the title. How'd you feel about that? I thought it was great. I mean, I would have just had him win stronger than he actually won the title, but you know, outside of that. So you don't mind that Samoa Joe lost to Darby Allen? No, because like, didn't Joe lose on the like weird crucifix pin or whatever? I just felt like they were setting the match back up for down the so- road. So you're thinking that Joe is going to kill him, basically, in the future. Yeah, potentially. Um, or Wardlow, I guess. I, it also could be that they're finally positioning that Ring of Honor will have a show at some point this year, right? Yeah, so, and I will say that Darby is my favorite TNT champion, so I have no problem with that. I just thought it was like, they made it very convincing, uh, you know, with him attacking him right at the beginning and getting uh, a couple shots on him and kind of like – you know, doing Darby, but after a while, I was like, Darby got fucking power bombed on the stairs, and I was like, oh my god, he killed him, he's dead. Nope, and he keeps on like just destroying him, and fucking Darby did it. What was it? it was uh, two? Uh, he did two of his diving things, coffin drops, and then got him in that like little tie up thing. I mean, it made sense, but it's like Samoa Joe at the same time. So is this does this mean that Darby could go like whoop? Wardlow's ass or like I don't know I I, I just wish that I just wish that someone would pay attention to those details a little bit more also kind of like hey we're gonna do this spot in the night just so you guys don't do it and then you two matches later they kind of do the same exact thing like that type of stuff it's it wouldn't be hard to make sure those details are there that's all I'm saying yeah, I agree with you. And I personally, I would have just kept the belt on Joe just because he had beat Wardlow and maybe built up like powerhouse Hobbs or someone to take it off of them. But it's not bad to give it to Darby. Darby's one of the most over superstars they have. So him getting a win here wasn't the worst thing they could have done. And it also could, like I said, it could be because we want to migrate Joe to just Ring of Honor specifically uh, as a big yeah. anchor there. So I, when you don't know what all else is going on in the background. It's kind of hard to make a judgment on whether it was good or not. I do know that this fucking Kushida match and Darby Allen match for the title was a banger, um, which Darby will continue. Yeah, I, w- I would love, I would love Kushida around a little bit uh, longer in AEW. I know he's he's working for New Japan, but chill here for a minute. It would be great. Yeah, we we got DKC there too. I love that they threw the towel at Sting and he just wiped his head off with it and threw it in the crowd. That was fucking great. Good Sting moment. Also like Sting's new makeup where they're covering up his uh, hairline by darkening it out. Um, yeah, it looks. It actually looks pretty good. It looks fucking menacing. Um, and him just looking at all of like DKC and just throwing the fucking towel into the crowd was just because there was no other involvement with Sting or DKC at all. They just had like a straight. I was worried there was going to be fuckery. Um, 
And I like the way they handled it. They were like, you need to make sure your boy taps because she did about to rip his arm off in this hoverboard lock. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was good storytelling. And uh, holy shit, she just so fucking good. So Darby's good too because she had worked his ass off in this fucking match. Um, I will say the Joe match with Darby, that's just that was just the Joe Finn Balor match. Yeah, pretty like much. Like, think about it. The Joe Finn Balor title match. They just did the same thing, basically. Just, I mean, different moves, but it was the same storytelling. It's good yeah. shit, though. A lot of face paint, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I did. I did enjoy. I, I mean, it was hard to really get fully invested, but I did enjoy, for the most part, uh, Dynamite. Um, Trying to think of like, did you did you watch SmackDown? We already talked about the Roman Reigns ending, right? Uh, we didn't talk about the Roman Reigns in- ending, but I did like SmackDown. I thought it was a good show. Was there things that you liked on it? Um, I, I don't. Maybe it's just me being crazy, but they start this tag tournament, you know, going after the tragic passing. Um, maybe it's also Triple H being like, FDR, no, 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 we're doing tag stuff. Come over here. Don't worry about Vince. But it was just nice seeing primarily some of the best matches being tag team matches besides the one with uh, – hit row where fucking lost authorios definitely should have gone over, but whatever. Um, but yeah, most of it was really good tag matches. So that was kind of cool. I don't know if that was planned, but obviously the ending was Roman reigns and his problems with Sammy throughout it. And, you know, it's, it's getting to the point where we know Sammy's going to get his ass kicked very soon. Um, maybe, or, maybe it'll happen the night after a uh, Royal rumble or wins rumble. Because they don't got nothing locked down for Rumble yet. I mean, I'm assuming nope. Cody, but they they still don't got the Rock locked into anything. So who the fuck knows what's going on with that? Yeah, that, that is crazy. <laughs> uh, but man, I mean, personally, to me, Cody seems like the smartest thing. But Sammy's also right there as, and like maybe if you have a situation where it's like a three way, but Kevin's just there, I guess to eat the pin, you know, from Sammy or something. I don't know. That that's a possibility. I I don't know if we get really sympathetic Sammy pulling out like the boyhood dream type Royal Rumble pull up and win the match type deal leading into Mania and he wins the title. That would be very Kofi Kingston esque as far as a title win at Mania. Yep. So like if you want a fun story, I think people could latch into it'd be that. If you're just looking for star power, it would be the rock. Um Cody's Cody, my other person though. Yeah. Cody, yeah, those are the three. So it'll be one of those three. Um, I don't know that people care that much about Cody versus Roman, though. I mean, I think they obviously care about Cody. I just don't know that. I don't know. I, I would rather see Cody versus Rollins again, personally. But I want, I want the the new rumor is, uh, well, there's three rumors for John Cena. There's Logan Paul. There's Austin Theory for the U.S. belt, obviously, and then the other one is Cody and John Cena. As a big marquee match, and I would love that. Him and Seth would be good, but like, how do you do it now that Seth is pretty much a babyface? Like, they could do baby versus baby, you know, and Seth just kind of acts more heelish like he used to, but I don't know. Like, I do want them to go back there, but Cody beat him twice the sex second time with his, his tit ripped off, basically. So, <laughs> I don't know. But they make magic together. It just like let's a great match with John Cena would be awesome. And like I said, it's kind of like modern uh, Hogan versus modern Sting uh, in a match or some shit. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that as well. I just I don't know that the plane. I mean, the plane is still the rock, but I. I Apparently, I I, someone else, uh, you know, is uh, out there working out lots. I'm not saying I'm gonna fucking win a title, but I'm just saying I might be there. What? Yeah, I, I would think tag match with uh, with Kevin Owens, right? That would be awesome. <sighs> what if they put the belts on Kevin Owens and Austin, and Austin just chills there for like a couple months and then you know just drops them? That'd be amazing. Like he never gets in the he doesn't even ever have to get in the ring. You just have Kevin Owens demolishing people and. Austin's over there looking at his fucking watch, his pretend watch, like he does. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, No, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm down with that. I mean, they're going to have two nights. They got a lot of shit they can do. You could have Sammy, you could technically have Sammy win the belt the first night and then drop the belt the second night, you know, or vice versa. You could have Roman beat the rock and then lose to Sammy the second night. If you wanted to do something like that, because you have two nights at WrestleMania. Um, it's the benefit of having two nights, go the new Japan style. Kushida <laughs> retains the title and then loses the second night. Uh, <laughs> there's lots of cool sh- or not Kushida. Sorry. God damn it. Uh, Okada. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it happen. It's not far-fetched. They could do something big. Um, I I don't know that they want to take the belt off Roman, but I don't think it hurts Roman to lose the belt at this point, really. And I don't think he's going to drop it to The Rock. If they do The Rock, he's not going to drop the belt. But uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the entire world for Sami Zayn to win the title. How about the rumor that uh, it's going to be Brock Lesnar against... Uh... Gunther for the IC title. Sure. Have you heard about this? That'll be great. Gunther ain't going to slap the shit out of Lesnar like that, though. Gunther fucking beat the shit out of Braun Strowman. And Braun fucked it. They were having a good match, and then Braun fucked up the ending because he obviously has never been up for a powerbomb and got, like, scared and looked instead of letting Gunther just guide him down. So it was kind of awkward, but it was it was a dominant win for... For Gunther, man, he's still on fire. So I don't know if it's going to be like, Brock's going to be like, I don't give a fuck about your title. I'll take it from you, but uh, I'm going to beat you because you hit hard, and I do too. Gunther's going to hit him with one of those slaps. <sighs> Lesnar's going to do that little smirk laugh he does and just suplex him to oblivion, though. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll see Braun Breaker somewhere. I think that he's done. He should be done in NXT. Why is he still... I don't know. He's definitely, he could have left a long time ago. Honestly. Gunther doesn't need the win over Brock, really. I don't think. If I was going to do something with Brock, I would bring up Gunther from, or uh, I'd bring up Brock. (laughs) God damn it. Braun. Steiner's kid. (laughs) Braun Breaker to face Brock or something and do something weird like that. And you could even have him lose and then just like, you know, Here's a reason to tune into NXT. Lesnar's there throwing these motherfuckers around. You know what I just thought about? So it's not weird because they've done it before for someone to have one name in NXT and then go up to the main roster and their names are changed, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but with Braun Breaker, there's already a Braun. That's what I'm saying. So maybe they're going to change it back to Rex Steiner. Um, which was his original, because I think, what what the hell is his full name? It's something different, but, it, you know, maybe he'll go back to that once he gets, because I really hate Ron Breaker as a name. 
And there's already a Braun Strowman. He was fired at the time. He's back now. So can we just go back to his name? You know? Maybe they'll do the um, the WCW booking where it's like Ahmed Johnson versus Booker T for the t- the use of the name T. Don't miss the T? What? <laughs> do, you, do you not remember this feud? There was a feud over the name T, and this is when Booker T went back to his original gimmick where he was the commando or whatever. Oh, Jesus. Because uh, he lost the name T to Ahmed Johnson. G.I. So- bro? Yeah, when he was G.I. Bro, the reason he was G.I. Bro is that he lost the name T, the last name T, so he couldn't be Booker T anymore. Uh, he lost it to Ahmed Johnson, and Ahmed Johnson and Stevie Ray were a tag team, and it was like Stevie Terrible. Ray and Mr. T or T or something. Yeah, and Ahmed Johnson looked like he ate the original Ahmed Johnson, right? <laughs> yes, I'm listening to some of these retro Raw reviews again with Alvarez and uh, Semper V and... <laughs> And they're talking about Ahmad Johnson and specifically this feud with the Nation of Domination. It's like anytime Ahmad has a weapon, Farouk is just fucking running. He's like, I'm not letting that guy hit me. Fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if Ron Simmons is like not taking a bump against this guy, that that guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's like, I'm out. (laughs) It's hilarious. Uh, Yeah, so that's what happened with G.I. Bro. See, we, we told you guys there would be some laughs in here. Now you can go back and look at the G.I. Bro Ahmed Johnson WCW storyline and oh my God. get some chuckles. You, don't, you probably don't have to, honestly, but probably should at the same time. Do your due diligence and watch G.I. Bro. And then the uh, group that he made, what was it? General this- Erection and <laughs> AWOL. Uh, who else am I forgetting? There was uh, some, Chavo, Chavo uh, had a name. There was Weapons of Mass Destruction, which was like just a female with really large breast implants, and I can't remember the female that played her. General Ruction. <laughs> there was like another the, guy that had a weed name. Second best name that he's had, too, because of Hugh Morris being the other one. Build him yeah, That guy, Phil DeMont's a goof. He's like, you know what's a good wrestling name? A pun. <laughs> He came up with both of those. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan should have done us a favor and slapped the shit out of him. Hey, uh, Bill, how you, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> Kevin Sullivan. Uh, that's my Kevin Sullivan impression, apparently. That's not uh, that. Now, just talk about how, look, I had nothing to do with the Benoit murders. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, poor fucking Kev. Yeah, it's like. Brilliant wrestling mind still comes up. Also, one of the best matches with Benoit is him and Benoit fighting each other in a bathroom and flushing each other's heads in the toilet. It's pretty good. Do you think that you guys could have a match with each other and just beat the crap up? Yeah, we could do that. I think, uh, <laughs> I think there's reasoning for us to want to do that. Some some t- some woman involved in it, you know? God, dude. I, I don't know how you do that. We've talked about it before. You know, like Edge and um and Matt Hardy. I don't know how the hell you go and simulate a fight and not want to actually. And you go back and watch any of those matches where even Brett and Sean, for that matter, but like especially those two, or Kurt Angle maybe and Jeff Jarrett later on. Which my God, uh, Miss Angle has or not Miss Angle, Miss Jarrett has not been happy online lately. Uh, 
yeah, it's is not like the acclaimed. Yeah, she's not like the way that that went down. Uh, I think a lot of people forget that like she was not cheating on Kurt Angle with Jeff Jarrett. Like Kurt Angle had gotten like four buys <laughs> in a row and had a bunch of problems, and she was getting a divorce anyways, and then started dating Jeff Jarrett. It just looks bad on paper. <sighs> yeah, it, but because she played a heel, they don't want to like give her the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and so, she's, she's also married to Jeff Jarrett, so that makes sense too. So I mean, I get why she's a little something, but it, whatever. It's you work in wrestling, you know, people are going to take shots at you. What else happened recently that we can talk about? Uh, Kenny yeah. Omega and uh, Will Osprey <laughs> broke the uh, speed barrier at Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, Okada was like, "Calm down, goddamn y'all." It's like, <laughs> wow. And that was a great match, too. I got to say, uh, Okada and Jay White had a much more methodical style, you know, but like, or maybe classic New Japan style. And it was still a great fucking match. But Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega actually impressed Jim Cornette. Let that sink in. Now, he didn't yeah. put over the whole entire thing, but he was giving credit where credit is due, which is something normally he will not do. So. Yeah, he just liked this. He just disliked the stuff that makes Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay, basically. But all the stuff in between, <laughs> the psychology to get to the stuff that they were doing that he dislikes, he hated. So I don't. Dude, how <laughs> he, did how did how did Will not die from that suplex right onto his neck and shoulders? I don't know. He he's been training with Naito in the gym. My God, man, that was such a scary spot. That was. That was just as fucking scary as when Kota Ibushi and Naito did that thing on the ring to the inside, the suplex, or when Kenny did it to Okada in that first match off the top with the dragon suplex. Like, can we just not do shit like that? Is that okay? Like, goddamn. Kenny has, like, entered Shawn Michaels' territory when it comes to Japan <laughs> on big no, papers. Absolutely. It's... It's. Re- I did not expect as much, honestly. I did not expect that match. I expected it to be really good, but I didn't expect that Kenny Omega was going to take a fucking time machine and then come back and just have the. It was, dude. It was cleaner from fucking 2016 and before. Like it was. It was awesome. It was. I missed that version of Kenny Omega. It's not saying that he didn't have great singles matches in AW. He did, and also in Impact, he was killing it. But this was really a return to form. This is the style I like watching Kenny do more so than the modern style over here in the U.S., I think. Yeah. Which is which is great for us because that means that we are going to get some of that when he goes back yes. on the single run. Um, he's probably going to save it more than he used to. But, uh, you know, like him, him versus Christian was still a great fucking match. Absolutely. Kenny Omega at 60% health. Him and Pac <laughs> – both times they went against, uh, against each other. The first time and then the uh, Iron Man match. Awesome matches. Him, uh, and, him and Adam Page. Danielson, him and Page. Like, he's, he was yep. still having great matches. Just it's, was it's just in what he could do. And it seems like he's back healthy. Um, oh, and- he looked back healthy, man. He was fucking... He was... My God, dude. I haven't seen him move like that, I don't think, in a long time. So that definitely helped him out, that, that time off. But he's also not... Dude, but yeah, Punk helped him out by getting that whole suspension. <laughs> he had extra time to heal up. Um, 
Yeah, Kenny Omega just stepped right back into being the great Kenny Omega as soon as he walked on the Wrestle Kingdom stage. I don't know if that was a one-night thing, like, because he was just that good, and, and he'll... I mean, he's still really good all the time, right? But, uh, I, he, it, like I said, it's like he took a time machine or something. And not that Will Ospreay was bad, because Will Ospreay's fucking great and has probably should be the MVP. He probably won't be voted by the Japanese papers, but he should have been the MVP for their company last yep. year, because I think he had the most... He had the best matches. He had the best matches here in America, New Japan World. Um, he had good matches on AEW, with specifically the one that he had with uh, Orange Cassidy. Would you say that he is the biggest guy, Jing, even over Jay White right now? No, I think Jay White's still, like, as far as across the world or in Japan? I, I, I don't know. Uh because I would still say Jay White's like still a huge deal in Japan, you know, just like, size and. I think I think that Jay White might be maybe a little bit bigger in Japan, but I feel like Will Osprey has presence that extend outside of New Japan, because um, he built the name for himself outside of it. Honestly, that, that's that's why that's why I asked. Whereas Jay White, Jay White was having great matches too over the past year, but he hasn't been to Japan in a while. Yes. Uh, but he was having good matches with like Chris Bay versus the Motor City Machine Guns, for instance, one of my favorite tag matches of last year. Um, like he was doing stuff, but it was with impact and kind of, you know, he had a couple of little spots here in AEW. He didn't did he even wrestle in AEW? He just showed up and started shit and left. Basically. Uh, he was involved with the uh, four way for the uh, uh, the one that Adam Cole got fucked up in um, where Adam Cole like had a concussion and then took another concussion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm uh, glad to see he's back. That uh, Britt Baker's post on that was very scary, the way she was talking about what he was going through and stuff um, during that time period. So I'm glad that he seems back and healthy. I hope he didn't come back too soon. That stuff is very scary to me. The Yeah. Concussions <clears throat> are fucking terrifying. What, what I want to see, honestly... Adam Cole build himself up, and I think he's babyface. You know, I, I don't. Uh, he doesn't have the group anymore. It's just him. Even though he's younger at this point, maybe similar to what happened with his mentor, because obviously Adam gives a lot of us Shawn Michaels feels. I don't think that's like a a weird thing to say, but this is Shawn 2000s coming back from injury, and it's just by himself. Triple H already fucked him over. And now we get to see Adam Cole as a baby face that's still tough as hell and great on the mic and hopefully positioned to go against MJF maybe after, uh, you know, he beats Brian Danielson because we know that's going to happen. Um, I love Brian Danielson. He'll get that title eventually, I think, but it's not happening now. Set a hex on that entire group when they came in or something. What's that? Like. When uh, when most of the undisputed error came in, did someone put a hex on them or something? <sighs> it sucks, they all caught like injuries around the same time, and Kyle yeah. O'Reilly was yeah. And Roddy's injury was staying in NXT because he signed a uh, a contract. He was like, God damn it, why did I do that? Well, I mean, I guess he didn't get severely injured and was out for seven months. So he's injured right now. I I, I think he's okay though. Which it is good. To him. It caught up. The curse caught up to him through osmosis. That's uh, crazy. Kyle O'Reilly was so fucking good, like, coming in. I did not expect him to be that good in AEW. 
Well, I mean, I expected him to be good, but I didn't expect like towards the end of NXT, yeah, he was you. fucking. He was a champ, wasn't he? Until yeah, he, he was. He was, but I mean, he wasn't even super over in NXT at that point. Remember, like we were kind of bitching yeah. like what they were doing with it, like the storyline of the heavyweight title, make him funny. Yeah, but when he came in, like the fans were behind him in AEW, even though he was a super trash bag heel, he was just really working it, especially the stuff he did with Darby. Um, and then he got hurt, and it's like, God damn, that sucks. Yeah. Comes, well, comes at some point, because I, I, I still want the elite, the but the Bucks and Kenny versus, you know, um, well, God, they released Fish, didn't they? Yeah, well, no, he. I think he asked for his release after his contract was up because it was only like a year. He said, "Fuck this," and left. Yeah, um, it would be cool to see like Jay White, Kyle O'Reilly, um, Adam Cole versus the the Bucks and Kenny. I mean, I, I still think that's that's fun. That's an iteration of the Bullet Club versus the Bullet Club. I'd be into. But dude, that was a great promo. That Bullet was a is undisputed here. Yeah. I mean that that's that's the thing that we want to see, but we, I would love to see uh, maybe one day maybe see Undisputed Era back at some point, either called something else or just seeing those four dudes. That was such a good time period. But uh, damn it, I forgot what the hell I was gonna say. Um, the promo Adam cut uh, on his return. Yeah, it's really great good. stuff, we didn't man. Talk about it because we were out last weekend, right? That was last week show yeah. that we did the return. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess we should apologize right now, but. We had some stuff come out in the last two weeks. Apologize, guys. You know. Yeah, we st- started a show um, last. Oh week. yeah, I forgot about that. That that, that kind of sucked. Uh, my wife woke up with an intense migraine, like vomiting and stuff. So I had to yeah. cut short and go to the uh, quick, quick quick care. Yeah, we had to go do the quick care thing. And we we did our due diligence to try to get another show recorded, and <laughs> it fucked up. So uh, shit we, happens, guys. Sorry about that. Wrestle Kingdom was really good. That's my review. You should go watch it. Yeah, no shit, man. Actually, all of it was good. We should also talk about, you know, he's been making his rounds, and so far he's on his last couple matches. Uh, Keiji Muto, Great Muda, he had his last match as a great, his last singles match as a Great Muda against Shinsuke Nakamura. Really fucking awesome match. I loved it. And, um, you know, he had his match at, as Keiji Muto at, uh, Wrestle Kingdom, the tag match going against Sonata, Ibushi, and Naito. And he also challenged last night with the Noah New Japan show, Naito, to his last singles match on this retirement run as Keiji Muto. So, fucking I, fuck yes, man. Naito is his biggest protege, right? Um, yeah, I th- he had... Well, I think Sonata was more hands-on, but he, he trained all three of those guys. Bushi, him... I don't think he trained evil. It was definitely the three of those guys. But, uh, but I mean, but, dude, Keiji Muto kind of trained. It's like Misawa with all the All Japan and fucking Pro Wrestling Noah. Like, Keiji Muto was working in the dojo and training pretty much everyone at one t- point in time in the early uh, 2000s. So, yeah, it will be. It, that's Naito is going to carry. If he has to carry Muto's beaten and broken body to a great match, he's going to do it. Yeah, just I just hope Naito doesn't in, re-injure himself in the process because uh, he has such. Mo- if you've read any of his interviews about Mudo over even the beginning when he first came into New Japan, um, over any time they ask him about Muto, he puts him over so hard. It was kind of like a 
that was it the Takeshka promo where he was talking about Daniel Bryan, which by the way, I, we didn't talk about that on that show, but that was amazing where he just cut this entire promo on MJF and uh, Japanese. And the, the announcer was like, what does that mean? He's like, MJF's an asshole. I popped really hard for that. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, it's kind of like that. Like, you know, it's going to be uh, uh, him. It's the Sean Rick thing. He's going to put out a hero of his which will be fucking great. The Shinsuke match was amazing. They did still a Will Ospreay finish. Um, Shinsuke sucked out <laughs> the poison mist and shot it into Great Muda's face, which Will Ospreay had done previously, but it was cool to see it uh, from Shinsuke. Also, Shinsuke wrestled like a heel the entire match, which was a good change of pace, honestly. Because there, he knew there was no way that people were going to cheer him against Muda in this match. No, man, and it was awesome because you can you see the similarities with Shinsuke and 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 uh, Muda, like the way that they move in the ring and stuff like that. And just I thought the the kiss spot was uh, it wasn't really a kiss; he was sucking it out of him, like the the venom itself. I thought that was fun as shit. Um, I don't really care if, for opposite opinions on that; they can fuck off. But, um, yeah, you know, it's it sucks that this is his last year. This is also going to be apparently Sting's last year. Um, and Edge, at least at SummerSlam, said that he wanted to end it the next year at SummerSlam. So a lot of great wrestlers kind of making their last rounds. But I'm glad they're being able to pick their spots, Chris. Yeah, it makes me th- wonder what Christian's contract looks like with Edge talking about this. I don't know, but that's definitely something to take into account for sure. Because you um, think like Edge just lets one of them lets the contract end from various companies so that they can go do one match either versus each other or with each other. Yeah. I don't know. Christian's, that's... Christian's injured right now, so we haven't seen him in a while. I mean, the story is that he's going to come back and put Jungle Boy over one last time, but I don't know. Oh my God, he's been injured for like six months now, right? Should be coming back soon. That's for sure. But they've moved Jungle Boy onto other shit. They did the oh. WWE, like, let's move it along. <laughs> so, um, yeah, interesting. I don't know. Do you, you put Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus back together? Edge comes out of his contract. And what is Edge going to do at WrestleMania? That's a thing. He's, he's going to be healthy by then, right? Like, they don't really I have think so. for him. Yeah, I don't think he got injured. I think he just took time off. You know, I, I thought that he just, you know, what the fuck well, did they do to him? He was like he injured in storyline, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they gave him a concerto or some shit like that. Yeah. And they gave uh, Beth one too. So. Which was awesome. And yeah. uh, speaking of which, Rhea Ripley's still the best. This, uh, Dude, I, I, love, I, I love that group. I think the odd man out, unfortunately, is kind of thin, but he's still trying. But all uh, the other three, especially. And Finn's arguably the best in the ring out of all of them um but that, that photo of dimitri and solo head-to-head and then the uh eddie and uh <laughs> rikishi head-to-head photo is pretty, pretty dude great. i was like when i first looked at that i didn't get the joke i was like dude that's an awesome picture and he goes oh yeah that's right eddie guerrero's not fucking dominic's father really it's ray <laughs> but yeah you know but he dude he's he's tough now he's hardened because he was in fucking population for like one night <laughs> he went to prison uh 
Oh, yeah. Jesus. Oh, I love it, dude. And Rhea Ripley get in the face of fucking um, Solo was pretty awesome. That, that was... The, all of their stuff is worth tuning into just to see when she's going to make someone miss a spot and then do the shimmy, the Eddie Guerrero shimmy. <laughs> so she, good. She has been so goddamn good. I really, I, I don't want is she winning to, rumble. It'd be amazing. Um, I want her versus Charlotte again. Cause I think they had really great matches together. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. I, I I kind of expected to be Bianca, but that would be great if she picked Charlotte. Um, we could because their match at WrestleMania was the one, unfortunately, that wasn't uh, televised because of the pandemic, and they had an awesome match. But it just, you know, that that match deserves a big audience. And yeah. Charlotte's a babyface now. Yeah, is she? Somewhat, somewhat. Hey, the crowd's behind her, man. She came yeah, out just, last just night. Want to see Rhonda. That's. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know where Rhonda's at, man. She might be done. Uh, well, she's going to be versus Charlotte at Mania, I would assume. That's the story. Yeah, I right? know. Yeah, I know. That's. It seems like where they would put it. Unless uh, like Becky is just randomly going to be like, "Hey, fuck you, Charlotte." <laughs> like, have we gotten Becky and 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 Rhonda that much? Still yeah. feel like they have animosity. They could do that on the opposite end. I mean, um, Becky came back strong, and then she hurt her shoulder again, which is unfortunate. Yeah, or, I shouldn't say again, but she hurt her sol- shoulder, and then has been kind of gone for the most part. So, um, well, now her husband's babyface, so that means she has to turn heel, right? <laughs> Isn't that how that couple works? <laughs> They're bipolar in personalities. <laughs> <laughs> also, is Seth Rollins really a baby face? Like, I I don't understand this baby face turn. Um, ah, yeah, that's that's uh that's a good. I, I think he's definitely baby face, but he's still acting like a wacky Joker. Um, I get how he's. I, I actually like. Here's a baby face turn that I'm enjoying. Is I don't think they've won, but um, uh, Gable and uh, what should call it? Uh, uh, o- Otis. Yeah, I, I think that was a smart idea. And now now Gable's still acting like that, but he's using his shit towards the the, the, the heels. But Otis is getting fucking like the the audiences for the last couple of shows for WWE. And I, maybe sometimes I don't even think they're warranted. But uh, you know, they've been they've been on fire. And uh they like Otis. It's weird. It's turning into like uh Jim Neidhart, I guess, or something. Like when everyone yeah. started loving him towards the end. Otis has uh, always been able to get super over. It's great. But uh, I like the tag stuff, man. It seems like, t- I don't know if Triple H is trying to make one last uh, jump at, you know, getting it together. And I'm looking forward to seeing the Usos against, uh, who Who the hell out of all of them are going to be in that match? I think it's Finn Balor. It's Finn Balor and, uh, and Dominic. But maybe it's Damian and Dominic. I don't remember. But uh, that's going to be a good match next Monday. Hopefully it's it's Damien and Dominic. I think it is. Almost positive it is. I think they just or 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 Damien and Finn. Like I think it's you know they can do the New Day thing and rotate them in through the tournament, which always is interesting. Uh, yeah. But Dominic is he's on fire because Rhea Ripley's on fire. 
really? <laughs> so hopefully it's him. I mean, this has been this has been a resurgence. Well, I don't want to say resurgence because I don't think he ever really got off the ground. But this has been really good for Dominic, and it also has been really good by proxy for Rhea Ripley, someone who kind of went to the main roster and had a shitty gimmick and it didn't really, well, not even a gimmick, but just like was booked very shitty. And then this fell into her lap, I guess. I don't even know how to explain the beginning of this group. Like edge was the leader of this group (laughs) to begin with. Right. (laughs) And I buried the hell out of it. Then they brought Finn in who they, because like, it was just like those three that have nothing in common, uh, really. And then Rhea Ripley showed up and made this group entertaining. That's fucking star power right there. I agree. I completely agree. And they are a fun group, honestly. Um, but we well. should talk a little bit about this women's division in AEW right now. Uh, Tony Storm, Paige, their heels. I think that was smart, honestly. I think Paige will be a good heel. I think Tony Storm will be a better heel because she's not. They're not working as a babyface, and really, people don't want to boo Jamie Hayter and they don't want to boo fucking um, uh, Bert Baker. You know, uh, Paige laid the shittiest boots after that match that I've ever seen in my entire life. These are the <laughs> softest ass boots. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'd ever seen. Uh, and we get the uh, the run in by Ruby Soho, but does Ruby Soho flip on him because she was part of WWE? Probably. It, you know, if, if this is a concept where since it's been a talking point and the women's division to bring a little bit more to it, it's going to be kind of like the vets, I guess, or the WWEers against the AEW originals. Go for it. I mean, it's a storyline. You do yeah. have that. It, it seems like they're doing like Amber her- Moon, who is definitely a heel now as Athena, you know, same thing. It seems like they're doing the idea of NWO of like we bring an outsider, like outsiders. Kind of yeah. Line, right. Um, Jamie Hayter been there since like day one. So that's interesting as her being the top baby face. But also what they've been doing with Willow Nightingale has been great because I think that she is a future star. And if they book her properly, she'll be great. Like I, I, she checks all the boxes. She's good in the ring. Um, she has a, like a bright bubbly personality, kind of like Bailey had in NXT. But she's also tough as shit. But she's also tough. She could take, she could believably take out both Paige and Tony storm at the same time if needed. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I, I've been putting Willow Nightingale over for a while, but like, yeah, this would be a really cool storyline for her. The big thing is like, they've been talking about bringing in, um, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet or Monet, whatever they're calling her. Uh, which team does she join? It's like the Hogan, whose side are they on? And I think this is building up. to she, Warren dude, that she could be like the Hollywood Hogan aspect in that, if you will. Yeah. But would, it doesn't seem cool. like they've locked it in because they're kind of doing that with Ruby Soho right now. You know what I would love is them not to have random women's matches that kind of forwards the storyline, but sometimes not really. And they usually put it on exactly at 930 where it will be like the show, the, the match right before the main event. So, you know, where people usually tune out sometimes just notably before that, and then also on the other show at the exact same time in the middle of it. 
just seems to me like you know be better they didn't do that i don't know i would i i, I would almost bring back mercedes monet and screw over this baby face tag team before you get to blood and guts and then if thunder rosa is ready bring her back as the fucking sting like in like <laughs> bat and swing <laughs> and also she's not like she already has problems with the AEW people, so she doesn't really side with them because of Britt Baker and shit. So she's just a one-man army. That would be a great idea. And then who could produce that? Sting! I think he works for the company, so... Yeah, Sting. It's gotta be Sting. We gotta talk about that, though, too, because I almost forgot. Alright, so I'm gonna give you last tag match and last singles match. Who do you want to see... Sting and Darby go against, obviously, and then Sting, his last singles match. Last tag match, I would like to see them win the tag titles beforehand. And then uh, drop them to FTR. All right, I like that. And then singles match. Uh, Singles match, Sting, Kenny Omega. Dude, that's... Oh, wow. All right, so... (laughs) Uh, my Sting and, and Darby, I love your idea actually better than mine. Um, but yeah, them winning maybe even from the acclaim or something like that, or if the guns take it off the acclaim, they beat them, you know, that would be awesome. And then they put over FTR. I'm going to go with that. Actually, that, that, that's the best scenario, but dude, that's exactly who I said. I said, if they're not going to have Darby have like a singles match with his mentors, do some shit like that. Kenny Omega, cause Kenny Omega honestly kind of represents what sting was for his era what rick flair was in the 80s sting was in the 90s aj was in the 2000s you know i'm saying like that's that same type of concept there the the two outsiders kenny would be able to get him into an incredible match it's never happened i would love kenny omega and sting when i just think about people on that roster unless he just wants to do a brawl if he wants to do a brawl maybe jericho but if he wants to go out on like an actual wrestling match um i don't think there's anyone better in the building that would be kenny the kenny omega he'd take care of him and he would also give him a fucking one hell of a match and sell all of his shit and they could do they could do like if he if, if sting even wanted to run back certain parts of like a Muda match or a flare match, like Omega would be the guy, especially if he is completely back to, to what we saw at wrestle kingdom, that would be the guy. <laughs> if I'm saying it's the guy I'm asking for, at least like you, you want the top wrestler in the world. Like what Kenny Omega did at wrestle kingdom. He put his fucking name. Some, sub, some, sub, he submitted his name at the top of that goddamn list. Um, this year already singles wise. Yeah, I think that's a, the perfect person. That's so funny. I mean, it makes sense that you would say that, but that's exactly who I was going to say. Because, like, I mean, I'll, I'll take Darby and Sting in a match, you know, when he puts Darby over. That'll be a fun, like, little thing. Probably be a little bit emotional at the end. But uh, him and Kenny Omega would be fucking awesome. And to put it at, you know, Sting's not revealing when, but it's going to be this year. He's not revealing what time period. So we have potentially up to a year, but like, it would be awesome if it was a double or nothing. Like he has a high profile match with Kenny Omega and yeah, that's his last match at like either double or nothing or obviously all in one of the, one of the big ones, you know, 
Kenny could have the, the heavyweight title by then, and then you could do it. It's a good possibility. You know, and Sting could go on a singles run to try to get the title and have to beat Darby in a match, and you still get the Darby match that's important. But then you get, like, Sting versus Kenny, you know, which on paper is the best match I can come up with. Him versus Darby will be fine, but it'll be a... It'll almost be like a big hoss match where Sting is just going to be slamming the guy all over the place. Where like Kenny, I, I think he could just come up with something very unique, but who, but who knows? I, I... You know, Kenny would do it though in a heartbeat. I'm... Oh yeah, Kenny's like, you want me to put you out of the business? I got you. <laughs> like that. That is something something to fucking put on your check. You know, it just. I'm sure. I know that Shinsuke didn't have Keiji Muto's last match, but he had the last singles match with Great Muto. So that by itself is pretty awesome. I'm sure he's very happy he gets to add that. You know, th- there's something about that. Um, Sean with Ric Flair, because I don't consider <laughs> anything else afterwards with Ric Flair or, or uh, basically Taker for the most part, besides the, the, tele- the fucking recorded match with AJ. You know, to me, it's like him and Roman were at. Um, I don't know. I don't really like continued shit. Triple H and Seth should have been Triple H's last match too at WrestleMania. But I don't know where I'm going with this. Triple H versus Batista was goddamn good though. We give Batista. It was good. It was good. You know, I, I don't know. Him and Seth had a really that was I think Triple H's last good match. Like, like him and Batista had a good match. It was very slow and methodical, but that I, I don't know. Unfortunately. Triple H should still be wrestling. He would be fine if it wasn't for, obviously, his heart condition. So he didn't think about trying to have a retirement match. Uh, but then after that, you got him and John Cena in Saudi Arabia, which was a good match. And then what's after that? Him and Batista. Was that it? Yeah, him and Batista is the last good Triple H match. I don't I know. That might be the last match match, honestly. It was good. That was supposed to be Batista's retirement, and it was actually both of theirs. Wow. I mean, Triple H's retirement should have been the... Because it was really cool, the Hell in a Cell. End of an era. When they all walked out together and they had yeah. commentary. JR fucking made that match on commentary. This is exactly why when people shit on JR, I'm like, shut the fuck up, DJR is great. Uh, all four of those matches are great, man. I'm sorry. The two Sean Taker ones, then the next year with Triple H with Undertaker, and then the next year in the Hell in a Cell with Shawn Michaels, the ref. Such great fucking storytelling. Throughout that whole entire thing. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it took them like an entire year to build up to whatever they were going to do, but they pulled it off. That's the hard thing is like, you, you know, you watch a movie trailer. It's like one of those big action movies. You watch the movie trailer for like eight months and it finally comes out and it's a wet fart. WWE mm. was able to nail that <laughs> with all of the, all of the HBK taker matches in the Triple H taker matches. They were all fucking great. Um, they were less able to nail that with Taker going forward. Other than the surprise Brock win. You know, besides a couple bonks in the Roman Reigns match at towards the end, that was still that would have been a great outing for Taker. Yeah, I with think. the hat the ring and stuff, like that would have been good. But Taker's had so many times where he could have just called it. <laughs> like Yeah, he could have called it with Bray, he could have called it with him shit. Technically, because some so many people were like flabbergasted, he could have called it with Brock. Um I can't believe that happened. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I still, we still will never know why that happened. But I mean, I still debate that Taker knew he couldn't go anymore on that match, and that's why Brock won it. Because I didn't, I do not think that was the plan. I, it couldn't have been the plan. Like I've heard the rumors that Vince and Taker had some type of words about it, and then it seemed like it was more vindictive and. Brock didn't even want to do it. He thought it was stupid, and so did Paul Heyman. You know, so who knows? I have no idea. Maybe that's all conjecture. I mean, there's a spot in the match where Undertaker gets accidentally knocked loopy, which also happens in the Roman match. Yep. Yeah, he has. He he suffered a concussion in both those matches, I believe. Uh, Um, They both went kind of to the finish after that spot, so it's kind of like. You know, whatever. If you're gonna have someone beat him, Brock was not the worst person to pick. Uh, I think I think it's more so, and with a lot of fans, I'm, I'm sure that you're one of them. It's if you're gonna give that to someone, Brock's already fucking accomplished so much. I mean, he killed Hulk Hogan in his early 20s or whatever the fuck, um, and then beat The Rock in SummerSlam shortly after that for the title. But uh, it's you could have done that for a younger guy, I guess. I guess that's why it was good for Roman to have him. You know? Yeah, I mean, I guess Roman got it, but Brock had already gotten it. But before that, it was just like, well, then get someone on Undertaker's level around WrestleMania. Yeah. No you know, kidding. they never they never got anywhere even close to the realm of Taker at Mania hype level. And Brock is the closest, like as far as like level of fans wanting to see a person. They never got anyone else there. Like, in fact, if you want to go back that far, you should have just had – like, if, if Taker was going to be gone for a while, you should have just had Sean win the second match and yep. then set up the third match, you know, between them. And Taker could have beat Sean and then walked off into the sunset. That would have been the perfect ending. Um, But, yeah, like, I don't know. It was retrospect. Who cares? Taker's great whenever he shows up and does stuff. It's fine. Him versus yeah. Styles was fun. He's going to be on Monday Night Raw, man. Are you looking forward to the, uh, what is it, the, the 30th anniversary? I'm not, because like I looked at the list of people that they have on there, and I was like, God damn, they better hope Stone Cold shows up. <laughs> like, what do you think Taker's specifically going to do? Is he just going to talk, or is there any possibility? They're going to hang a mania sign for him to point at? <laughs> like, I mean, who the fuck? All right, so seriously, if Taker were to have someone at WrestleMania, would it be AJ and they're just going to like actually have the in-ring match or what the hell does that even look like? Cause he said, well, what the hell did he say at the end of his speech? He's like, never say never or whatever the fuck. And then Michelle McCool, like her face was like, you motherfucker told me this was the last time we're supposed to be saving tigers. <laughs> uh. I love tigers. <laughs> that fucking photo and look they're doing a lot for like <laughs> research and rescue for endangered species <laughs> that photo of michelle mccool and taker with the tiger is the best shit of all time it's my favorite it's like this is what is this what taker's doing with his wrestlemania paycheck is just donating it so he can hang out with tigers it's amazing Dude, if that's if that's the case man i love taker i do i love i love kitty cats and taker so <laughs> even big kitty cats <laughs> i want to have a match Papa Shango. What if, <laughs> that's his, uh, the Godfather comes out. That's the retirement. Well, that's one of his best friends, and they're like, uh, we don't, um, I mean, we put him in the Hall of Fame, take. What the fuck? You want your last match to be against Papa Shango? 
Uh, I feel like we're going to move a lot the same. (laughs) No shit. No fucking shit. I mean, like, (laughs) do they put Sid in the Hall of Fame this year? Are we finally going to get Sid Vicious in the Hall of Fame for the love of God? (laughs) I hope so. I think Sid deserves it. There's a lot of guys that still deserve it. Uh, Yeah. Uh, there was a promo know. on SmackDown. I've compared him a million times to him, but there was actually much more effective uh, promo with Killer Cross last night. And I'm like, dude, reminds me so much of, of Psycho Sid. Like the same way he would look at the television and grit his teeth sometimes. Ah, and the roar of the world. <laughs> That's true. Sid is the ruler of the world and the master of destruction. Uh, master destruction. Come here, Arn <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get stabbed in the leg. Arn's a cheater. <laughs> Paul Arn, I was like, you stabbed him. <laughs> at least, at least Arn didn't shoot him, since we know Clock Anderson is a thing out there, based on the AEW promo. Also, things Briscoe's man. You can take my bullets. I could see. I, I could hear that song while Arn comes out and just shoots a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been watching a lot of the ninety because I've been working in the office again. So I've been watching a lot, listening and watching a lot of the old, uh, the Brian and Vinny podcast reviewing old raw retro and raw versus nitros and uh they're talking about sid and like they they're building up to the sid versus taker match and it's really more about like austin and and bret hart and the build to bret hart turning heel but but sid is just so fucking great <laughs> like not getting the ring at all but like fucking just like being the best sid vicious you could be and going back and watching some of this shit like i was i was like texting you furiously while i was watching it like like uh there's this thing where stone cold you know stone cold was super over even when he was a heel and uh vicious about to lose this or win this match and austin takes out his leg with a fucking chair and someone's like fuck you said vicious why are you crying so much he's like i just got hit in the leg <laughs> by a chair and he just starts yelling at this fan it hurts <laughs> it's like the greatest I, I want to hang out with, with Sid Vicious and Gary Busey for a day <laughs> that'd be amazing <laughs> just talking about baseball the entire time you'd be lost Sid let me ask you a question I just, uh, I want to know what you're thinking about. I'm thinking about bumblebees and how they produce enough honey to save the universe. And that's <laughs> amazing to me. Sid's like, the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> I'm going to rule the world, Gary. And I'm like, uh, uh, you keep on saying that. I'm trying to get the attention of a waiter and like, Gary's like, I got this. You talk. Give me two. <laughs> He's like, works every time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, speaking of fucking Conor McGregor, we talked about Conor McGregor earlier. Hollywood's putting this man in a movie. <laughs> Have you seen this? He's going to be I, a remake. <laughs> I am actually looking forward to that movie. Because <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. 
And I really want to see if Conor McGregor can work in a fucking action film. Because if he can, man, he can make some motherfucking money off of being his personality. Like, he is like if Mark Wahlberg was actually from Ireland. You know what I'm saying? Like, make you him mean- play Guy Gardner in fucking the, the Justice League movie. He'd be you mean perfect Mark- for it. You mean that Mark Wahlberg guy that committed a hate crime against a Vietnamese man? <laughs> he all hey, gave. Hey, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about, okay? It's not even a big deal, all right? I'm so fucking intense. Hey, Ma, I think I found a transformer. Hey, hey Ma, I'm a scientist. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm obviously a scientist. I can't do it. I can't even say that. Oh, my God. Who am I? Oh, I'm the guy doing my job. Fuck yourself. Must be the other guy. You like hamburgers? I like hamburgers. We all like hamburgers. My brother Donnie is on this show called Blue Brothers. You haven't seen that? It's pretty good. Plants talk to each other. It's fucking weird. I'm a scientist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. I mean, as, as, as terrible of the situation that we have to talk about today, I'm glad we were able to talk a lot about Che's career and then also just have some, some good laughs, knock out some of the, the bigger things that happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to end it. I'm just saying it's it's nice to get into it like a, a positive five, Chris, you know? Yeah, I would say that to all wrestling fans. Like if you're a Ring of Honor fan, you're feeling down, call your other buddy that's in the Ring of Honor. Find someone online. Have a positive chat about wrestling and current state even if you want to bitch about something it's fine to do that too try to do it in a positive manner though like you know don't bury an entire company here just have fun you know wrestling is supposed to be fun it's supposed to be entertaining it's not supposed to make you miserable if it makes you miserable like do something else do something positive today that's what i would say i like that and uh we're gonna have you know we got we got some big stuff coming up uh, we got the Royal Rumble, which, man, everything leading with that storyline. It, dude, it's it's straight up, like, basically I should watch a soap opera, but I love it so much, I can't help it. But everything that's going on with the bloodline and Sammy, it's tensing up. <laughs> Sammy's the and, fucking best, dude. And he's like, <laughs> it was, it was, it was uh, uh, Jay was like, I'm going team with you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so good. And Sammy just looks so happy. Sammy Zane is able to produce this, like, you know how, like, you give a dog a treat and they just oh, yeah. have this happy reaction? Sammy Zane is able to nail that in its moment. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to put it over. His facial expression when that happened was just fucking incredible. Like, <laughs> great. Just perfect, man. And, uh, uh yeah. AW, we, we we talked about Muda. We talked about um, we talked about Sting's retirement stuff. I'm trying to think of like, have we not? Oh, you know, we MJ, didn't talk about MJF's promo. We didn't talk about that. Is that where you're going to go to? No, I was going to go into uh, Vince McMahon and uh, everything that's happened in the last couple weeks that we have not been able to report on, <laughs> and the selling of WWE. I mean, we've kind of like topped around it. But what the fuck, man? I mean, Tony <sighs> Khan's interview or Nick Khan's interview. Sorry. Sorry, Tony. This is not on you. Uh, Nick. Oh, Khan's- yeah, you brought it up a little bit with this. Like, that's the thing. We've, we've kind of like talked about it as if we've talked about it 
on our show, but we haven't even like said a goddamn thing about this whole entire thing. Nick Khan's interview, um, he said some things that's going to get WWE in trouble from a public stockholder point of view, where he's like, well, Vince like thought he should leave until the heat, like saying something like the heat dies down, that's illegal. You can't do that. So there's already like a public lawsuit for Ugh. like stock, a stock trading lawsuit. This is the uh, Bill Simmons uh, interview. The Bill right? Simmons pod uh, interview or where, podcast or whatever, because I've only heard the clips. I don't I don't know who Bill Simmons is. I don't listen to Bill Simmons. I he's care. awesome. Uh, uh, I'm sure I can I'm tell sure you about him. I, I'm sure he's. I, I just don't listen to it, so I only know it from the Vince basically. Stuff. He's like Joe Rogan, but mostly more or less in sports. But he also has a lot of like movie related uh shit too but i don't know what the hell he did in sports but he did something i think he was a player or some shit okay so i'm just gonna go ahead and say i know nothing about him so i only know this from this standpoint and he did nothing wrong he's just interviewing the guy and uh nick Khan starts like throwing himself under the bus and backpedaling a lot this is gonna get it this is gonna get brought up in court because uh, there is a public like the disclosure event of Vince taking back over that happened and the Steph firing and a bunch of stuff that happened after that. There's already lawsuits starting on this from stock traders of WWE. People that own stock in WWE are already <laughs> taking legal action. And part of it is like when Vince stepped down, they thought that Vince was done disclosure was clear cut and then for him to come out and say like Vince was like leaving until the heat died down which is kind of what he says and then he tries to backpedal it later on uh he kind of just fucked Vince away <laughs> like in a way at least lawsuit wise like those people are gonna get well, millions of dollars but who cares because they already are probably well, dude, I mean apparently Nick just like just like Stephanie and Triple H they were part of kind of at least undercover from what I hear trying to get rid of Vince with all this. So, and, and triple H and, and Steph, they did not want to sell. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Nick, I mean, Nick voted him back in. He was one of the board members that voted for Vince. I, I feel like, I feel like that's a like succession shit or some shit like that. Like, uh, he's, he is, he, it's E2. Steph, Steph, Steph had problems with her dad and she stepped down and gave him, the opening to become full CEO of the company, basically, or share it with Nick or whatever the fuck he could. he's the highest in the company again. Yeah, it's it's uh this entire thing is it's weird because it's kind of above us at this point. We do know that from from all accounts, Vince has not done anything creatively, but he is behind the scenes actively trying to sell the company. What I've heard they've that had players are Disney Plus uh, to put it um, on the ESPN. Yep, and then. Uh, Probably uh, uh, NBC, uh, Peacock, you know, that whole entire conglomerate because they obviously play the network on their Peacock station and they own USA, which displays obviously Monday Night Raw, their premiere show. So, yeah, so WWE still owns all that content though. So that's just a licensing thing. Yep. So that they could literally resell that licensing to anyone. Uh, it was funny, like uh, a couple, I guess it was like a week ago. I was like, uh, it was like, tw- it was like 2013 or tw- it was one of those like timeline things on Facebook. And I was like, holy shit. It was me talking about, I realized they were going to put old content on WWE. And I was like, I guess I'm going to buy the network. That's the, the network has been around that long. 
and has changed so much over the years, even before this stuff. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, holy yeah. shit, dude. <laughs> before the network that, doesn't even exist. And, it's on fucking Peacock. Yes, like it's uh it's it's wild. But uh as far as the Vince stuff goes, I think me and you both were like, sure Vince is done. Like we hope yeah. I hope he was done, but then we started talking about how much stock he owned and like I was like, Well I he's just, not really done. God, it was almost like it a up a tier. Like honestly, like Hunter's a you know, he's done a pretty damn good job. Not on everything. I mean, he's still dealing with writers. I think that, but I, I I feel like everything, the matches have been better. The storylines have been more investing. It's just, they have this formula, you know, and they don't do it like they used to do it, where it was like, same person going against same person, you know. They switch it up, but he, so much better than Vince's fucking last couple of years. And it is that, for the, the mid mid card stuff i will i will admit that but for like these storylines they're still like, they're still using what vince had in place yeah that's very true you know but, it didn't really change I, other than Sami Zayn is has been on fire but like the top the top line stories are still the the bloodline which was in place before vince stepped down and uh edges group whatever they're the edges old group that's not edges group anymore with uh, um God damn it. Uh, uh, I don't remember. Uh, House of Black is fucking coming in my head. I know it's not House of Black. But it was something like that. And then Bianca Belair is still the women's champion. And their plan is to bring back. Like, a lot of the stuff Vince already had in place headed to Mania is still there. You know, so like it's why Triple H, I think, made a lot of changes to NXT specifically that made NXT better and the mid card better. It didn't really like the main core of both Raw and SmackDown are kind of the same. I, I I at least feel like we're getting different matches and um the yeah, storylines that are pulling. Ricochet's they're doing a good job. Every week, so that's good. <laughs> Ricochet beat fucking. Um... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> if, if Vince was still doing the show, he'd be like, who's going over? Not that guy. Are you kidding me? Who the hell is this guy? Tell him he's a fucking burger. <laughs> Poor Ricochet. God damn it. One of my favorite wrestlers when we started this podcast has been abysmal for years, unfortunately. Not in the ring, but just like, God, as a character, fuck. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, the Vince stuff is just weird. Like, that's, it's beyond, it's beyond wrestling people talking about it at this point, because it's all stock conversions and He's plotting to sell the company, which we've been talking about for a year at this point, before even all the stuff came down and allegations, uh, the allegations arose and the investigation happened and they stepped down or whatever. We were already talking about them selling the company. Like they've been trying to sell the company since they brought Nick Khan in. That's why they brought Nick Khan in is to position the company for a sale. So um, is it a weird strategic move that he stepped away for six or seven months to you know, boost the ratings is like maybe Triple H will change this thing. I don't know. If so, Vince is like a really good mind, which is not unfeasible.
which is greasy, but it kind of is what it is. Basically, what I'm saying is Vince playing check or chess, and we're all playing checkers. Kind of seems that way. Can you hear me? Yes, you're back. Damn it. Okay, I had no idea my shit was muted. Um, so basically, like you know, that I was going to ask you, um, when it comes to, and I lost my train of thought because I had no idea that I was talking by myself uh, recently. Well, just when you said when it comes, I was like crashing down and it hurts inside. So. Oh my god. Um. um what was the last thing you said? So the last thing I said is like, you know, the, the while the ratings are up and stuff. Um, oh no no that that that's exit. So there, there's no way they can't deny that Triple H, since he has been in control of creative, the ratings have been up. Stock has been doing really well. Everything, uh, subscription rates has been pleasing. You know the Peacock Network. I've heard you know across the board everything's really doing well. Do you believe the raw raw meetings, you know that he had with SmackDown and then he followed up and did with the raw um, roster and just basically told them like I'm still in control of this. This is the plan going forward. I don't think it's going to change after we get you know bought from someone. Like this is how it's planned out. And that Vince is not going to be getting involved creatively anytime soon. Do you actually believe that or are you skeptical like me? Well, it seems like the case. I, I think Vince knows that he can't put his hands too much into something without more things coming out. And like we already just with Nick Khan doing interviews uh, have went back to that, the rape allegations back in the limo. Um, and I, I, I apologize for not re- remembering the female's name, but this was a huge part. Yeah, of no, there was a uh, they they, uh, they 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 paid her off. Um, what the hell is that called? I can't remember. The the female referee. It settled. It she got paid off basically, and I cannot remember her name. And I apologize. I I did not have great notes for this show just because I knew we were just mostly talking about Jay Briscoe. Um. But that's been brought up multiple times. So I think as far as like being a creative presence, he really is. I think they're trying to get the cell done in the next like three or four months. Probably after Mania, because that would be the best time to sell WWE, especially if they get the Mania and you have a big Mania number, that would be the best time to sell. So I would say like after April, um, that's when you would see the cell happen. But what I was saying about Vince is like he worked everybody like he always does. You know, anyone 81% of the company he left for long enough so that people forgot about this shit. He came back and now he's just going to sell the company because he can't be part of it anymore. If he's part of it, everyone knows he's part of it. It'll just bring all this shit back up. So he's, yeah, I think the sell is it, the sell beforehand, even before all of this shit was very intimate or intimate. Like it was going to happen. Regardless, um, it's just like, who's it going to happen to and how much are they going to pay? And uh, the rumors of the cons buying it, I don't. <laughs> yeah, let, let's entertain that concept. <laughs> it's, it's, but, 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 but honestly, company, it's, so it it's not 
It's not Tony going for it. It's his father. So not not, not saying anything against Tony, but this is much more prestige when it comes to the business world because of everything that Shah Khan owns, plus Tony at the same time, who also is a fucking billionaire. So craziness. Yeah, I mean, Vince, is, Vince is never going to fucking sell to someone that di- that wants to do what he did twice in his career, <laughs> once in the 80s and once in the fucking early 2000s. Never going to happen. That's how I feel. He's also not going to sell it for less than what UFC got paid to sell for. That's part of the only reason it's not been sold already. So he's a, it's weird. It's uh Vince is Vince, man. Like we, we both said this, like yeah, for how long, especially once we found out how much stock he owned. Um, Cause once you, he's the controlling owner, he has 81% of stock. It's like this man never spends any money somehow. It's like Mick Foley of being a rich guy <laughs> or some shit. Like, how does he own 81%? WWE's been on sale since like 2001. <laughs> like, stock wise. Like, <laughs> I don't. And th- this is where it gets beyond me because I don't understand stock trading that well. And he has various different versions of stocks that he owns, but he's still the primary owner of WWE. So even when he got voted out, it's like, well, he could just show up and fuck up everything all the time, which is what he, he took like six months off and he showed up and fucked up everything basically. Um, but apparently he hasn't touched creative, which makes sense because they haven't changed anything, but they don't need to. And also the main storylines that he had in place like six months ago are still there. Like I said, they're, I mean, yep. they're still building Roman the same way they're going to build Roman, which is what he does headed into WrestleMania. He picks one big thing. That's his big match. Uh, we'll see what they do with that. I mean, it could be the rock could be anything. And that could be a reason why he's coming back. Like who knows? Hey, like maybe here, him, here's a scenario. Honestly, someone said this and I think that you'll agree with me. Here's a scenario. Next week is going to be a, a good showing of if it's going to be the rock and Roman, because it would make sense on the 30th anniversary of raw. They're having this whole entire thing where it's a ceremony with every generation of the Analoi family. And Rikishi's going to be there, Afa, Sika, all this type of shit, you know. Who's a part of that whole entire family? Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. So if, and maybe it, it wouldn't be in person, but if you if if there's any time to think that there's a possibility it's going to be Rock and Roman, it would be either Rock coming out and confronting his cousin or rock coming on the Titan Tron, like he used to do anyways, when he's the Hollywood douchebag and, you know, making a statement. I think we'll have more understanding if it's going to be rock and Roman after Monday night raw specifically next week. <laughs> Maybe, you know what I would do if I was booking the show, hit the rock music and out comes Haku. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I would love to see Haku and Roman Reigns. That would be a fucking he, great match. He, he just stops. He just starts hitting everyone in the ring with tongue and death grips, like left and right. No, uh, it, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know if they want to. If it if it doesn't happen, rock. Chris, basically, I'm saying I don't think the Rock's involved with WrestleMania. If they don't do anything Monday. That's a big sign to me personally. Basically, when is Rum- Rumble? Is next it's next week, right? Next weekend, yeah. So it would be the week leading right up into it. 
but he doesn't have to win Rumble. See, this is why I was talking about the the fact that Roman holds two titles. Uh, do you do you think they finally pull the trigger of what I've been saying for forever with Paul Heyman being like, yeah, but he can only challenge for one title. Yeah, I really I feel like they're going to split everything up very very soon. The tag titles and the the universal and the world strap. Yep. But um, nah, I, I don't know, man. Like I, yeah, you you make sense. This would be the time to do it. But also, hey. Also, the time for just fucking, if you can't do that, is it the time for just Cena to roll his old ass out? He's like, y'all are expecting The Rock, but he's via satellite somewhere or like whatever, you know. Have, have a badass rap. <laughs> just dial it back where it's just Roman versus Cena or Cody, like Cody's music hits. And it's like, oh shit, it's Cody. Rock couldn't be here tonight because he's a basic bitch. <laughs> Basic ass hoe. <laughs> like, um, also, like, what if it's just Batista? <laughs> you know, the biggest wrestling superstar in the movie industry right now, Batista. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> um, did you hear about James Gunn? No. Someone, someone who James Gunn? He's doing Guardians of the Galaxy. He directed those movies. Also, Slither, Super. He used to do the the uh, the Toxic Avenger movies back in the day. Anyways, he's in charge of DC, and he was asked online, "Do you plan on using any of the actors in in Guardians of the Galaxy?" And he said, "Since it's all of their last showings," um, he said, "Yes, I'm actually. I've already talked to most of the actors. I plan on using him somewhere. So Batista might get what he wanted, which is playing Bane." The actual fucking badass Bane from the comic books that breaks Batman's back and is also, you know, um, Spanish and uh, just a fucking badass. So I hope Batista gets to play Bane. Um, I, it looks like it's going to be good for him for that to happen. I I like that idea. I, I was in that against Tom Hardy's Bane, though. I mean, I'm, I kind of have a soft spot, spot in my heart. For... I like Tom Hardy's Bane. He was good. He was very calculated, but he was like a weird version. Like, hi, I'm Tom Hardy, and I'm going to beat you. Like, it was just a very, very weird version of it compared to like what I was used to. I want, but, I want that version of Tom Hardy to start doing wrestling, like wrestling reviews. Though. Oh my god, that would be awesome! Oh, this show is amazing on Raw. Hmm, maybe you're wondering why Darby Allen might meet Samoa Joe with a roll-up pin. But why is the ladder there over in the corner? What is it doing? This is a singles match. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, see, the reason I love, like, Tom Hardy, not to go on a tangent, because I think Batista will be a great Bane, and I'll be a very different version of Bane that we've seen yeah, uh, it'll be more akin to the comics, honestly, than Tom Hardy's, which was very introspective, if you will. Tom, Tom Hardy created a comic book character in a world that was not meant for comic book characters because, like, the Nolan films are very dark Batman. And while comic stuff happens, it doesn't really, it's not that crazy. Like, there's, they tried to do too much realism. Like, it's all militarized weapons and shit, basically. 
But like, meanwhile, he's out there like, I climbed out of a pit and talked like this. You know, it's like fucking like he is the only comic book character in the fucking movie. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Like when you when you hear him talk, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Like he sounds like that's why I like his character so much is Bane. Like I, I didn't give him as much shit. I was like, that's. He's the only one that sounds like an actual cut. Like a like, it's it's the same thing with like Heath Ledger is uh, Joker. Like sounds like a comic book character. Everybody else in the the film they just talk like normal ass people. It's like no, nah, like when I read a comic and this is the bad guy, they they should be super eccentric and weird. Uh, so, so like Tom Hardy's Bane to me uh, was great, but yeah, like I, I don't know. I'm going off on a weird tangent about that fucking third movie. No man. Like, Dude, like, I love Tom Hardy. I get it. Tom Hardy didn't have to say shit in a film, as we saw in Dunkirk, to be great. <laughs> Just flying around in a cockpit, not saying anything. It's a fantastic actor, man. One of my favorites. You should have played Wolverine. The world was not. <sighs> that would be. Well, at least we're getting Hugh Jackman again with, uh, you know, the next Deadpool movie. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it is. It's only funny because of the Deadpool, like, scripts that came out years and years before Deadpool was produced. You know, like, I, I feel like that's a deep, it's like a wrestling deep cut with Hugh Jackman having to be Wolverine for that movie. Because like you remember, there's like the early scripts of Deadpool, like he was talking to like the like the Wolverine action figure and specifically calling it Hugh Jackman and shit, like to break the fourth wall. Do you remember those? Yeah, or or when they took off his mask and he had Hugh Jackman's <laughs> face fucking stapled to it. Yeah, oh, I love I love uh, Ryan Reynolds. So all right, um, I, I'm trying to think, you know, just to round out. So Rumble, like, I guess we just give like brief Rumble through predictions. Like, who do you think is going to win the women's Rumble? I would. Um, it's either going to be the two people that we, I think, talked about. Actually, no. Um, Rhea Ripley is definitely my number one, but my number two, kind of, is uh, Raquel Gonzalez or Ra- Raquel Rodriguez. I think the way that she has been like positioned. Uh, she's someone very believable for that, but I think it's going to be Rhea Ripley, and she's going to call out Charlotte. I love that idea afterwards. I'm going to go with Rhea Ripley, and then I'm if I had an outsider that's going to win, uh, let's see, who can I dial it? This, uh, Alexa Bliss seems like something they would do. I could see that, definitely. Uh, what about the uh, men's Royal Rumble? Who do you think is going to take that? If Rock doesn't come back this week, like you said, I would say either Sammy or Cody. Yep. And I'm going to go more leaning on uh, Cody. But either would be a perfect choice, honestly. So, Rock, if he's in it, he's going to fucking win it, honestly. There's no way. Unless he gets eliminated by Cody, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Depends on how if you're trying to build. Like, what if Rock comes out and he goes on this huge run and gets eliminated by Sami Zayn? Ugh. That's how you make a star. Would yeah. anyone be mad if Sami Zayn eliminated The Rock? 
I mean, no, but uh, that's a lot to, I don't know, That that's a crazy concept. I love it, but I don't know if they'd do it. I mean, we don't know. What the I don't. Rock's I don't know. I don't know if the Rock would do it. Basically. Well, Stone Cold would do it. That just shows how good of a wrestler the Rock is. Hell, Dude, seriously, over kid. <laughs> seriously, it, so you you said earlier it would probably be like KO and Austin versus two people, but do you think Austin's going to be involved with WrestleMania? Based on like you know all the videos of him getting shaped. Is that is that something that makes you think, yeah, that's definitely gonna happen, or is Austin just fucking working out and we're all freaking out as wrestling fans? I mean, I think Austin realized that he's in better shape than like sixty percent of most wrestling rosters. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he wants to buy a new. How much? How much money? More money does Austin need? Um, maybe he's gonna do a new movie. That'd be awesome. I, I love Stone Cold movies. They're terrible. But they're great at the same time. <laughs> uh, the original Hollywood actor, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hey, uh, the Longest Yard, he was a great villain. He was, he was a racist piece of shit, too. I, I like that version of Surviving the Game they did with him. <laughs> it's pretty good. God like damn, kid. <laughs> You're one of the <laughs> only motherfuckers that said that. Yeah, I feel like they should just have Stone Cold be himself instead of giving him lines. Just be like, what would Stone Cold do in this situation? Just tell him the situation and just have him be Stone Cold. Can <laughs> Steve know? Austin take over the, 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 the aura that Chuck Norris had for the last like 40 years? Because I, I feel like he's someone that deserves it. I, I mean, pretty much. I think he already has. I, I mean, who cares? Like, Stone Cold being part of WrestleMania, what does that even mean? Like, is he just there? Is he a special guest referee for Rock versus Roman? That would be, that would make the most sense if you're going to do it. Dude, he looks ripped as fuck, though. Like, he's constantly putting videos of him working out. And I, I just, like, I honestly, I miss him with his weekly podcast. It really sucks he doesn't do it anymore. Because I love think- hearing what he thought about like wrestling matches he watched and shit. Do you think he like call like calls The Rock if he's gonna get a WrestleMania thing? He calls The Rock. He's like, "Goddamn kid, bet my cardio better than yours. I saw you blow out your asshole last time you had a WrestleMania match. What? <laughs> like, they have to have an interaction at WrestleMania. If they're both there somehow, we have to have The Rock and Stone Cold talk some shit in the back." A little I mean, bit. The, the Rock versus Cena match. I mean, shout out to The Rock, but he injured himself a lot. Stone Cold was like, Stone Cold's like, no, nah, I'm just going to beat the hell out of Kevin Owens. Everybody will love it, which is exactly what happened in that match. I, I'll, dude, I'll say it, dude. If we got John Cena maybe against Stone Cold, holy fuck. I'd be totally down for that. Cena versus Stone Cold. Do, do you think people really care about Austin versus. I guess maybe. I don't know. I don't, know. I, I don't think that's something to build the WrestleMania. No. Well, either way. Um, but I, they, I feel they like have a lot of could, options. You know, you could definitely throw like, you know, KO and and Austin into a match against the Bloodline, and people would be like, "Yeah, all right, we're down for that." Yeah, definitely could see that happening. But, yeah, as far as the main event match, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be either Cody or Sammy. And it could be both. They could do two nights. Like I said, they could have, like, that three-way concept, too. 
Sammy out about winning the title. People have been asking him questions about winning the title and the fact that he's allowed on these podcasts and me and you have done, have talked about doing WWE podcasts and they always send you a list of approved questions that you can ask and things you can't ask. The fact that he's out here talking about it makes me think that they're thinking to give him like a Kofi run, even if it's very short, like him picking up the title. Are you Uh, okay if, if what ends up happening is KO and Sammy beat the Usos for the tag titles? I know, I, I know you 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 prefer Sammy, but like I could really see Roman Cody for the title or Roman Rock for the title, and then one of the other big matches being KO Sammy, who just got beat down by you know um, the Bloodline uh, against the Usos, and they win the titles from them because it, it will at least be like something that's on both their lists. They, they both want to win the tag titles and they never have, especially together. So I don't know. I'm fine with both. I just think that like, it would be the time to pull. I, well, now it'd be the time to pull the time to pull the time. The, the trigger on Sammy was when he first came in after getting power bomb twice yeah. by Kevin to win the U S title. That would have been the time to do it. Cause he was the biggest baby face in the entire company. And I think he is the biggest baby face in their entire company, whether he's meaning to be or not right now, it just depends on if they're trying to move it forward or just rely on the fact that they're able to bring old superstars back. Cause right now, if you give Sammy the belt and you strap a rocket to him, I think you'll have a huge surge in business. Uh, but it's WWE, so realistically, like him and Kevin winning the titles would be fine. Like, I have no problem with that. It's just, it's, I know it means a lot to them, but I don't know it means a lot to wrestling fans if they beat the Usos, who are like 15-time world tag champions. Yeah, it's a good point. They'll but, have a uh, fucking match, though, especially if it's a ladder match. Like, if they can build a ladder match with the Usos, and they're going to do like a Briscoe's tribute ladder match or something which i can see both <laughs> of those teams doing it'll be fucking it'll probably end up being the best thing on mania if they do that like think about that the usos versus steen and generico fucking sammy comes out wearing the mask rips it off they do the fucking <laughs> put in put in the work like oh, i would love that be a hell of a fucking match like i'm not downgrading what that match could be i'm just saying like i i you built sammy the entire year uh, it's kind of shit or get off the pot, and he wouldn't be the worst world champion of all time. Well, I just want to dedicate this episode to Termana, which is the Rock's tequila, and uh, yeah, it's good stuff actually. He he really uh, took his time. So, ah, uh, wow. Well, yeah. Did he drink that much? The uh, every time he has to talk to like Vin Diesel, does he just? It's like, God damn it. Oh, God. Is hey, that Frank? Hey, Finn, hey, uh, <laughs> come on over here. And, uh, you know, we can talk about this tequila. You know, tr- try to get things better. And Diesel just comes up and he's like, yeah, you know. He kind of like yeah. sounds like a monotone fucking Sylvester Stallone without the cool northern accent. Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I always, when I think of Vin Diesel, I think of that. Uh, you remember those sharks you used to put your hands in? The fighter sharks, the rubber ones? 
Originally, Vin Diesel was like a toy salesman. <laughs> There's videos of him with these street sharks, <laughs> with these street sharks on his hands fighting each other. That's what I always think of. Think of that and like, you know, Dude, you can ask anybody. Family. Doesn't matter if you win by a quarter inch or a quarter mile. That's Vin Diesel should be a wrestler. Just get roll up wins and talk about doesn't matter if you win by a quarter inch or a quarter mile. Everyone pop for that. It's, it's about family. Family. Uh, it's confirmed. He's going to be Mark Briscoe's new partner. It's about family. Um, Fuck, man. Like, uh, you know what you just did to me? Like, I just thought about Paul Walker and fucking um, Jay Briscoe in a tag team together. God damn it. Anyways. Uh, uh, yeah, also a tragic event. Poor Paul. Poor Paul. He was like passenger, man. He had nothing to do with that shit. Uh, fuck. Anyways. Um, we, yeah. had we had a show. We had a show. We had a show. Usually say that. I'm glad we were able to, like, you know, talk about a lot of stuff and get our takes on it. But it was much more like organic. But get through this whole entire Jay Briscoe concept. And uh, yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I mean, and listen to us every week. We were a little bit, you know, we had we had a spot where we weren't there for a couple of weeks but stuff happened you know we're both adults me and chris i think not so much for chris but myself um <laughs> but you know thank you for listening and i hope that we were able to bring some smiles to your face and also give you information and matches which chris who was much more involved with that time period of wrestling for Jay Briscoe that he was able to express. Um, but yeah, Chris, uh, you know, say goodbye to the lovely people and, uh, tell them anything else, you know, that you like to tell them, whatever. Yeah. I just, once again, I want to say if, uh, if you have any money and want to donate it to the Briscoe family, please do. Um, it's easy to find that link out there. Um, if you want to talk about Briscoe's wrestling early ring of honor, you can hit me at, at Chris R Patton on Twitter, Christopher R Patton on Facebook and the same on uh, Instagram. I know it's been a rough week for all wrestling fans. Hopefully we're able to make you laugh a little bit, make you reminisce a little bit. Sorry if we got on a tangent about uh, shitty network execs. Uh, but yeah, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Um, you know, be nice to one another. And, uh, yeah, try to have the, the, the best days going forward that you can. I like that, man. That, that was that was a nice ending to wrap up. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to us. Um, new listeners, you can find us on most downloadable platforms. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, um, iTunes. All your essentials. I, I actually recommend just Googling um, Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Just going from there. Find your whatever works for you. But definitely subscribe. Um, and if you like our show, give us a rating. Uh, five star would be solid. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's all I got. And this was a very hard show to do. And 
I think me and Chris ended up making something for you guys. Something fun and also just informative and uh, respecting a great wrestler uh, in Jay Briscoe and RIP. Keep on thinking about his family and uh, say some prayers, send positive energy, whatever you can do. Whatever you can contribute. Chris went over the, uh, you know, thing to donate towards. Look, at, look, it, it's all out there. Just try to search it. And uh, thank you so much. Reach for the skies. Thank you so much, guys. Love you. And let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you.